0: We are back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me today, he's back. The <laughs> one, the only, Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing well. Better than I was a couple weeks back.
0: Well, listen, we're back. <laughs> it's been several weeks since you know the gang's been back together. And uh, since our last show, quite a lot has happened, but we're just going to kick it right off and jump straight into We crowned a Champion. The uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning took care of business and back to back. Kevin, is this team better than the back to back Penguins team? Yes. Okay. I,
1: even, I didn't even need to think about that. Definitively. One. Oh, you, you you just started me off. Thank you for welcoming me back after like six weeks with a softball. <laughs> I mean, absolute lob right down the middle. That was that was an. Uh, a, I mean, I I did just talk about this with Broads on a, an open ice hits earlier this week, and we did kind of run over. They we we basically flat out determined we don't know if they're Detroit Red Wings level just yet among backpacks because we haven't seen a lot of back. Like it was funny. I, I I actually saw a clip. I forget which show it was. It was it's one of these shows that's on. I'll you know, pick one of the networks. You know, sure it's it's one of these shows though these national radio shows that probably doesn't talk about hockey all that often that tried to sit there and say at one point in time oh back- to- backs happen a lot in hockey I no I know here's the truth yes in over the course of history it has happened a lot they've had, had dominant teams you've had dominant teams you've had flat out dynasties you think about how like even down to the Edmonton Oilers did it the late twice. Late 80s Oilers. Right. But did it twice. And we more or less associate that with oh, it's four and five. We don't even go to, well, twice, it's two sets of back to backs. Right. You know, we don't do that. The Crazy. Islanders won four in a row. The Canadians won four in a row. The Flyers won two in a row. The, you know, the Bruins were winning back in this early 70s. And they, they won two and three, I think, in something like that. Like, And even if you look at the early
0: 2010s, the Kings and Blackhawks, you know, back and forth for a couple of years. Blackhawks got three and five years. Kings got two and four years. I mean, but it no back-to-backs, back-to-backs, back-to-backs there.
1: Right. So that's why I even tried to say on the last Open Eyes hit, something like, the only back-to-backs, and I, and I even said it's a little blurred in, in saying this because I say in my lifetime and technically – there was one that started before my lifetime that finished during the other Penguins, the other, the other Penguins, penguins team, but, yeah. but OK, that the Yager, was right, Mario and everybody going, else. That was, but I'm sitting here going, that was 30 years ago. Yep. So then from that point on in the last 30 years, the only back to backs I can find are the 97, 98 Red Wings, the Penguins of five years ago, four five years ago, four years ago. And this Tampa Bay team. Everybody yep. else has had a gap between them. Have we seen some really incredible teams? Absolutely. Because Detroit kept it going into the early 2000s, won again after the lockout in 08. And then who else are we looking at here? The, well, the Chicago teams. So Chicago with three and six, LA with two and four. Like, yeah, there's regularity there. But this to me, and I even said, this is the best team post lock of the post lockout era. This is probably the best team collective team and the fact that they were able to as I've mentioned before run it back so not so easily because it wasn't easy but they ran it back I mean it's the same group there was nobody really I mean newcomer was David Savard that's about all I got David Savard and game winning goal scorer Ross Colton who wasn't on the team last year because he was still in development
0: like you know what I'd have to do a bit of a deeper dive but I'm kind of thinking about the comparisons and they kind of just seem like a cranked up version of the early 2010s Blackhawks Right, You look at Jonathan Taves, and instead you have Brayden Point filling that role spectacularly. Patrick Kane on the wing. There's your Nikita Kucherov. Victor Hedman, Duncan Keith. Man, the Blackhawks never probably had, had a better never, defense overall.
1: But they never had a goalie like Andre Vasilevsky.
0: Man, I don't know. Corey Crawford was special for a couple of years there. You forget that. He was, but,
1: okay, so again, here's the funny thing about the comparison as well same kind of situation because there was a shortened year in there so it was a weird situation the playoffs were the the playoffs were the typical grind but getting you know getting there was not the same as it typically is it was it was even shorter than this year to be honest so this year makes I think this year's more impressive because they they didn't play as many games in 13 to get to the playoffs this year you not only were you playing a a handful more it was
0: the same number of months (laughs) It was just right, more It was compressed. the same
1: time frame, so you were playing a, a, an insanely condensed schedule. So all of that makes tons of sense. Um, There's definitely a
0: comparison. There's a 30-for-30 30 30 here somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, is the 30-for-30 30 30 just as, as... I mentioned this on Open Ice Hits, too, because I even said the best the best thing I saw after all of this was in terms of media coverage was Greg Wyshynski's article about don't hate... Basically, as I put it, the, the words I used to describe it is don't hate the player, hate the game in right. terms of if you're really that upset, like th- his line was perfect. If you're upset about like, you're upset that the Tampa Bay lightning just did this with the cap because your team wasn't smart enough to do it.
0: Right. Well, and that's the thing is like people ask me after the final, like, do you think they should have been allowed to do this? And the answer to that to me is definitively no. And then people ask, well, are you upset that they did? And the answer to that is also definitively right. No, because listen i'm an old school wrestling fan and there's an old school adage if you ain't cheating you ain't trying and nobody's well, trying harder than the tampa bay lightning come I, on but, now you no
1: know, but here's in fairness it's not cheating if it's in the cba I, that way So you're not cheating it's not that like that that's and that's the thing i think that's that's bugging a lot of us And when the nhl says
0: hard cap and you're and you're circumventing that through uh Nikita Kutarov having surgery and skating for 10 weeks before the playoffs start. We're a little talking about cheating. but I, I, I say, but I can't go there. You're telling me dead. he didn't get cleared for 10 weeks, really? And then I, he came back and I he looked as good say, as he did? I wouldn't Come say, ten, I wouldn't say 10 weeks. It was pretty close, man. He was skating in like March,
1: but that's also when you deny a guy, like not deny a guy, but when he's not training at that point, like if that's when he started. I mean, I'll get, look, I'll give you six easy because that's about what a training camp is. Like from training camp and and the the month before. Like if you had two weeks of a training camp and a month before to actually start preparing yourself for conditioning again, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that he wasn't ready to go from day one when the playoffs started. I get that.
0: But you're telling me he couldn't have played a month beforehand.
1: Define cleared. That's the thing. Define cleared. I mean,
0: I know. We might talk about Patrick later.
1: Right, like that, like exactly. You can't sit there and say that they this final, like after a team decided he's got migraines, we can't let him play, even though he's skating, even though we have all this stuff, and then just just then sit there and go, nope, now he's shut down, done. Right. Really? And well, he's look. still skating. Like you're not gonna play him for like it happens not all the time, but it's like the the only reason it's talked about is because of who it is and how successful his career has been and how good of a player he is that you. Kept Whoa. him in, essentially kept him in your back pocket until the most important time of the year rolled around. But there's no re- like there's no rhyme or reason to a guy coming back in, in that situation, and and completely being his normal self. I mean, let's put it this way: Steven Samkos barely played when the bubble rolled around. He comes back, he plays for five minutes, happens to score a goal. It's it's storybook, right. and then he can't play again for the rest of the playoffs after that. So we we don't look at that any differently. You know, because they tried, and then all of a sudden it's well, he's hurt again, and now he can't play again, and nobody nobody doubted anything with that.
0: but like, here's, here's, no, he's hurt, he's hurt. Here's the thing with it though. to utilize LTIR cap space, you have to be fairly certain that that player is not going to return, so you can utilize that space effectively, correct?
1: Well, sure, I got it. Because if
0: he comes back, his whole salary hits your pay, hits your your cap, and all of a sudden you're $10 million over the cap. So they knew when they made their trade deadline acquisitions that he wasn't returning for the regular season. And it's hard for me to believe that they knew definitively he wasn't going to be clear that far in advance.
1: You know what I mean? I guess uh, I'm look. I don't get into an argument about this because of the fact that like no, the rules are the rules. That's yeah. the thing. The rules are the rules. And it, and and th- then if you don't like the way that it looks, if you don't like the aesthetics of oh he probably was cleared three weeks before the season was over, so we could have played then. Then that's something for the owners and the players' association to take up next time they negotiate a CBA.
0: Right. And I certainly and, and again, I certainly don't begrudge the Tampa Bay Lightning for doing whatever they had to do right. to win and taking taking the advantages that they had to take. My theory is that that loophole should not exist. And it's funny because as as has kind of been going around, uh, there was an owner meeting where this was essentially discussed. Tampa Bay wrote a proposal to the league after Patrick Kane and those 2015 Blackhawks did it. It's funny that we were talking about that team a second ago. Uh Basically, wrote a proposal to the league saying, "Hey, they went over the salary cap. They took advantage of the rules. Here's how we can close that." And no other team backed them on it. So the irony that just just a few short years later, people are very upset about Tampa using that rule. Well, it's just very funny to me.
1: Well, yeah, you know why it's funny because the funny part is is that you didn't agree with us then, so now we're going to utilize it. Like it, it turns into that. You know, it's still in there. They literally just had meetings. They restructured this thing a year ago. They, right. they all signed off on it. This isn't going to get discussed for a while probably because of the fact that you just had all these meetings. There was there was your time. That's oh, your time to right. talk about it. Like you just and, signed a brand new CBA. Right. So and, and I don't think like it's not that I think there's anything wrong with it. like they knew out of last year that he was hurt. That's the thing. Like I don't know if there's anybody right now that I find out from this championship team that I go. Well, now we know a guy is significantly injured. He's going to have this. He's going to have that. You know, and that means that he's going to be out going into next year. Like, there's actually, like, you know what else probably contributed? Well, it it contributed and it didn't, okay? Because in fairness, like, the reason it also doesn't look good is because you're going from the end of September and they didn't start a season until mid-January. So you had October, November, December completely, and half of January, so three and a half months before you were really back into the games of it for a guy to heal up a little bit. And then you're trying to say on top of it that it took four full months before you could even say he was able to play. Right. So this injury was a seven month in, or not seven yeah it's kind of a seven eight month injury and it very well could be the case I mean it wasn't anything simple you know it was, right he, no he, it, he, certainly
0: he, right like that that it's, it's that, just mighty convenient
1: it, it was but it was convenient because of who it was like any pl- it could have been anybody. You know, it could have been it could have been Pat Maroon and Pat Maroon does not make eight million dollars or whatever it was. And then you're not
0: saving that. And granted, you're not going out and getting Blake Coleman and, you know, Barkley Goudreau and all the pieces that they added.
1: Well, see, no, not necessarily, though, because they did add those pieces based off of having a full roster. If if nothing else, they they added they added those guys because Stamkos was hurt. And that was legit because he did not. He played for five minutes in the playoffs after after having three months off to begin with, like. He, that was legit. That was crazy. So they added those guys, and and look, we'll see how this evens out. They've got those two, this, this, specifically those two guys you just mentioned, who are free agents. I think Tyler Johnson's gone. I
0: think he's going to Seattle. I think they're gonna make him go to Seattle. Yeah, like I
1: think that's I think that's destined to happen. And if that's the case, so be it. But. That that will free up some of the cap space again. That will you know, and and I don't look. I do. I think they want to get rid of Blake Coleman or Barkley Goudreau. No, I don't. Think I think they're they going like, to do
0: whatever they can to keep Barkley Goudreau.
1: I see. I would say they do whatever they can to keep Blake Coleman because I think Blake Coleman has been that like. <laughs> it's I, Tampa. I, they're going to
0: sign both of them for a million dollars a piece because that's how Tampa works.
1: They very well could. I mean, here, look, I I don't Tyler Johnson. I think is gone. I don't think they're keeping David Savard. No, and, I agree. And, and then. And then here's the only thing, because you're right there. Look, it's funny. I think that as much as I think that Tyler Johnson is the guy who's going to go to Seattle. It's funny because I did see a tweet earlier today, actually, because they're going to have to leave unprotected some kind of important people. And two two names in particular that I did see were,
0: I I believe, were Alex Kalorn and Eric Chernak. Yep, and both those pieces, both guys who are huge in the cup run,
1: right? Because because huge. at the end, well, because at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself if you're protecting which defenseman are you protecting for Tampa Bay? Hedman's an obvious. Yep. I would I would say Sergachev is also an obvious. Yep. and then and then you have to make a choice. And right now, given everything, you might be protecting Ryan McDonough because of how good he was in these playoffs. I know he's older, Man. but it might be him. You know, I don't like look, do like I don't think it's Jan Ruda. I don't think it's I don't think you know.
0: you're that upset if Seattle takes him though. He he was really good, but so was Eric Chernak. And Eric Chernak's so just were a younger lot of them. The whole team was good. Uh, oh yeah. I mean it's it's a dynasty team. It's a juggernaut team. Right. Like, so you don't
1: like there's not an, there's no right answer here. You know right. what I mean? Is, like is,
0: is anybody surprised if they sign, like, all the old dudes that the Leafs just signed this year and go win a cup with, like, Joe Thornton mm-hmm. and Jason Spezza as their bottom line? Like, I know they're not going to because Jason is never going to play anywhere else again, but, yeah, like, and, uh, you well, get I mean, what I'm saying.
1: But Yeah, and, and Wayne Simmons already re-signed with Toronto yep. as well, so that's another whole thing. But but I think I think that's a, I'm riding off into the sunset with my hometown team. That's fair. You know, I, I, I'm just going to, you know, two more years and I think I'm good, like. Like, because what Wayne Simmons is? What he's going to be thirty five next year, I guess, or something Something like that.
0: Something like that. He's he's not on the young end of things, especially with the style he he plays. Maybe slightly
1: younger than that. He's got to be younger than that because he's younger than Giroud. Yeah, he might only be thirty one. Giroud's going on thirty four. I think he's thirty three. Then, like, I think he's one year younger. But beside the point. Anyway, but okay. So then, then he'll be like pushing thirty five. A lot of hard miles. Right. Then that's the point. He'll be pushing thirty five when that contracts up and considering everything he's had to battle through, the type of player he
0: was. The injuries. But, but now
1: we're getting off track because that's not yeah. about Tampa Bay Lightning. No. <laughs> so no, I think David Savard is gone more than likely because I don't think they'll be able to afford him, and then you've got to factor in, like I said, these other guys. Uh, and then, I like, think David Savard I, was the old guy who gets to,
0: his cup signing, and that did what it was. He's not that
1: old, though, is he? I, isn't he? I thought
0: he was. I, I thought was. he was like 29. Oh, uh, Maybe I'm wrong. It just feels like he's been around for 11 years.
1: That's because every like so many of these kids are coming in
0: at twenty years at eight, old,
1: at, not yeah. even at eighteen. So when they're twenty eight years old, you go, "This guy has ten years of playing time." Right, like the fact that Sean
0: Couturier, Sean Couturier, Couturier, will be starting what his ninth season this year. It's more than that. I think he's been. It in a, might be. It might be
1: ten. He's. I think he's into his tenth already. Um, who was I talking about? David Savard is thirty on the dot.
0: Oh, is he? Okay, I thought he was older than no, that. He's not, that's
1: what I'm saying. He's not that old. He's just. No, you're, you're right. It's, but he's. When you look at his career and go, yes, he's been playing since the two thousand eleven twelve season. He's got ten years under his belt. He's thirty, so he started playing at twenty. You know. Okay. All right. So anyway, let me go to the forwards because I was trying to think about the forwards that you would protect if you're Tampa as well. Now, obvi- there's there's three clear cut obvious right. bat right, you of got that. Stamkos, Coast,
0: Point, and off
1: there. Uh, They're obvious. I think Palat is safe. That's four. how many no trade
0: clauses do they have?
1: It's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head, but most of these guys yeah. I would – I'd be willing to guess most of these guys don't because you can't give – A, you can't give out that many anyway. Right. Like there's I think there's a number on that anyway, but beside the point. Um, so I would say that Pallad is one of them. I would say that Sorelli is one of them. That would be six or that would be I five.
0: Uh, um oh, ho, 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 So I just pulled up their, uh, their cap friendly things are very interesting first of all ryan mcdonough has a no trade clause so he'll be that's why that's why he's protected
1: there you go Uh, see i told you he was going to be protected
0: nikita kucherov no move clause stephen stamkos no move clause andre palat anyway andre palat no move clause yanni gord no move clause
1: really i didn't know yanni gord had one okay but i was thinking he might be one
0: tyler johnson no move clause but whatever uh he's probably gonna i think he has already waived that if not i'm sure he will uh, All right, hold on a minute, because it it, it, it it it's worth noting. Okay, so here
1: we go. This is this is important then, because three of them are full. So you, you are Yanni Gord has a full, Stamkos has a full, Kucherov has a full among right. forwards anyway, and McDon and McDonough's is a or well, I'm sorry, no, they both are. Okay, 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 hold on a minute. McDonough, no, McDonough could go to Seattle.
0: Oh, because it's a no trade.
1: It's a no trade, not a no move. That's so he fair. is able to be exposed, but.
0: I don't, you know. Is that how that works? I thought, I thought that was no trade protected too.
1: It might be. I don't, I don't know for certain. I thought thought, I
0: remember hearing that from the Vegas draft. I think there was a flyer who had a no trade, but not a no move. And I think it was relevant, but I'm not sure who.
1: Anyway, and, and Hedman obviously has one that makes oh, sense, right. and oh, I, well, and and well, the a you're protecting. It doesn't really. Hey,
0: matter. Yeah, that doesn't. That one doesn't matter. That, that doesn't even... factor in.
1: But so Headman, so let's assume Hedman, McDonough and probably Sergachev are the two or the three defensemen that yeah. you would probably protect. Then you have to protect Kucherov, Stamkos, Gord. You're going to protect Point, who has who doesn't have any movement clauses or anything like that in his contract. I'm
0: sure he will on his next contract. He's, I
1: don't think it really makes a freaking difference. He's on difference. a bridge deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, Palat, Palat you're going to protect anyway, cause you had to like what you got. So yeah. that's fair. Um, all right.
0: So then like, we have to assume Johnson's waving, right? Cause they, they've just been talking about though, moving him for so but long. It's, mo-
1: it's modified. So I wouldn't it's... be, you know, like same with Kalorn, same with Maroon. Like these are modified deals.
0: I don't know. Uh, player submits a 20-team trade list for Tyler Johnson. Is
1: right. The... Uh,
0: well, no, no, no. Hold on. For a Alex Killorn, it's a 16-team no-trade list. Oh, yeah. Okay, there we and go. And then for Patrick Maroon, it's a it's 16-team 12, 16. trade list.
1: Which is whatever. I mean, it doesn't yeah. really make a difference. I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's a way... Uh, well, and again, Sorelli's another one who doesn't have a no-move clause that you're going to protect because you like him that much. You have to.
0: Yeah, but you're so. losing something good. You're losing Matthew oh, Joseph. Lo- you're losing Mitchell Stevens. You're losing Eric Chernak. You're losing somebody good here. Right.
1: Not to mention... Uh, and again, not to mention... See, that's the funny part, too, because... If it's Chernak, think about if it's Chernak for a second, and I'm not trying to speculate too much because I, I wouldn't know who they're going to take. And for all <laughs> I know, like like I said, I think that there's going to be a deal in the works that they get Tyler Johnson to sign off on it, and then this way that contract of $5
0: million a year goes somewhere. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle that's like, solves if all it, their problems like, for them. You know,
1: imagine if it is Chernak who makes $2.95 million per year. That solves nothing for them. Nope. It solves nothing. Like now you're That would be a great going- move
0: by Seattle. It's a, oh, because it's great it leaves value. Tampa high and dry.
1: Now, in fairness, that's the type of player you might be able to entice to take on a full contract. Like for somebody else, like I think somebody would look at his that the way he plays, look at two point nine million dollars for the next two years, and say that sounds pretty good. We'll take that.
0: If I'm Seattle, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Tampa, and I'm going. I see that Eric Johnson, and I would also like Eric Turnak, please, and kind of yeah, pull a yeah, uh, if, like if a Tyler Florida Johnson Panthers. Goes, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah if they take tyler johnson and also get eric turnak in a trade to take the deal i can't see i can't see tampa signing off on that though
1: like i think tampa's gonna give
0: what what tampa's gonna give you tampa's is tampa's up will, the creek
1: you know tampa will well they don't have one this year that's part of the problem so they would have to give away next year's i guess like oh you, you think could, they're
0: just selling picks
1: they could. I mean, yeah. here's the, here's the thing about it. What do you? Not. not I to say, what do you need them for? You, you built your entire team on draft picks, basically. But, your team.
0: Your but team your is team built is to there. be good for the next five years. You don't need but to worry only, about draft picks But not picks only right that, now. but
1: like if you okay, so let's say like if you lose Tyler
0: Johnson, your all-world goalie is twenty-six years old. Like your window is wide open. <laughs> well,
1: not only okay, not only that, but the, where I'm getting at is, is that if you lose Tyler Johnson, then who fills the void eventually? Could be Matthew Joseph. Could be, you know, could be Ross Colton. These guys are young; they barely played. Could like, be
0: any. Could be anybody. Wasn't Tyler Johnson bottom, not getting a ton of minutes for them. Did they you know, spent some time in the AHL last year. I don't know if he actually went to the AHL
1: specifically uh, last was, year. He was. He was. He was on waivers. He was sent down, I believe. Claimed. He was on waivers and didn't get claimed. I right. don't know if they ever sent him down because when you clear waivers, you can then kind of be back and forth, and you're oh, not. Right. Like it's easy to move the contract at that point if you need to. Right,
0: we saw it with Shane Goss despair this year. Right,
1: but it doesn't mean that you have to stop playing the guys. So,
0: you know, I don't know. Well, e- either way, I, I do want to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning, and regardless of the whatever controversy you want to call their win.
1: I'm not going to congratulate them because I already did on open ice hits. So no, that's kidding. fair. They're, they're, worthy of, they're worthy of a lot of congratulations. I, look, I've said this before about them. They've got the best goalie in the world. I think they've got the best defenseman in the world. They've got three of the best forwards we've ever seen, and yet they all almost completely collectively did not do Anything when it came to goal scoring in the last two games of this series, you got goals from Barclay Gaudreau and Pat Maroon and Ross Colton, who are guys who you probably would not have thought of at the beginning of this thing. And Braden point didn't score a goal in this Stanley cup final after having 14 and three rounds. And Andre Vasilevsky has posted shutouts in every clincher of this season, of this postseason, and the Stanley Cup Final last year. So that's five in a row. Four this year. Three after a loss. Two with one nothing shutouts in the last two games. He's outstanding, spectacular. Do, do we need to say any more about them? Like no. Congratulations. Is, that's all we this, need to say. Because because the reason we don't is that's as much as you don't as people may not like the way they got around the cap per se. Right. This is this is the model organization right here. The Tampa it, Bay Lightning
0: it, are the team that everyone builds in NHL Twenty One. Did when you see you, the, when I, you go I, I, into franchise I, mode and you make all sorts of really good trades and I've, make your team really really I've, good, you end up with the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: I've talked to you about Twitter before because I know you're not on there personally. Right. We this the, the the podcast has an account, so you kind of browse through I that. See it I sometimes. suppose. Now, Down Goes Brown had a great tweet, and I mentioned it on Open Eyes Hits too. The Tampa Bay Lightning this year are the team that you want your team to be when it grows up.
0: Yeah. That was a great. That was
1: so great to say because it's like it's exactly right. Like, because it was, and the tweet was perfect because the tweet made a nod to the Canadians making the finals is, is is a good thing for the game because basically it gives all 32 teams this sense of hope. It's. I possible. wanted to talk about the
0: Canadians next, right. Yeah, for sure. It's
1: possible, but the Lightning are the team you want your team to be when it grows up, and I think that that's a perfect summation of it because that's how. Like, I I remember I talked about this with bros on Open Ice Hits this past episode, and I even said. I had this thought as, as Thursday kind of went along, as we were, you know, because when you get to Thursday, like the day after the cup final is over, you have these, like, especially since I was preparing for an all NHL show like I do, you're starting to have these reflections of, well, what do you take away from, like, from this? Like, what, ca- what kind of points can you make about the team as a whole? All that type of stuff. And I, I sat there thinking about it and I went, who was their free agent? You know, like, like, we, like, when we sit there and we go, like, every team down the road will probably be able to sit, like, like, for example, if the Toronto Maple Leafs would have won the Stanley Cup, then eventually down the line we would have gone, well, when it was time to go for it, they went out and got John Tavares on top of the guys that they drafted, on top yep. of the Matthews and the Marners and all that type of stuff, right? Like, they your guy out, the big your piece. guy was John Tavares. You went out and you got the bit. You made the splash of the offseason with that, right? So I go back. So I look at Tampa, though, and I go, who's the guy? And I finally figured it out halfway through probably halfway is through it Pat Maroon? The exactly the best that they've got from a free agency
0: standpoint was Pat Maroon I'm sorry is that back to back to back champion Stanley Cup champion Pat Maroon Okay you so- saw that picture right
1: Oh yeah now see hang on a minute see this is I'll do you one better because for I I said on Open Ice Hits that Broads and I kind of spoke that into existence because of the fact that for 3 shows we brought up we 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 just brought this up because we had we got such a kick out of it just even talking about it there were only two other players in history who had won three straight Stanley Cups with multiple teams that's okay. like, there's, so there's only two so we look it up because I'm like I like
0: who's the okay. other guy right who well, are the we, other guys well
1: we go to go well we, yeah we go to go who are the other guys and bros proceeds to tell me oh wait hold on I found it here, the last guy to do it was Ed Litzenberger in 1961 to 1963.
0: Oh, Ed Litzenberger! Why didn't I think about Ed Litzenberger? obviously, funny, like, everybody knows him. Go to okay,
1: First of all, okay. So there's two things. First of all, the funny part is, is that they mentioned it during Game Four, I believe. So I tweet out the screenshot of that on the screen the graphic, because, Right. because, well, because we literally just mentioned it on That's the show funny. before. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta post this. Absolutely, it's too funny. We we just literally talked about this. And then I went on the next show after Game Four because that was our second during the during the Cup final, and I and I say we kind of shortchanged these two players like as if they were nobodies because Ed Litzenberger was the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks in 1961, like okay. literally the captain of the team, the guy who gets handed the cup first. That's funny, and he's one of these two pe- players. The other guy, by the way, all the way back from 1920 to 1922. So yes, a hundred years ago was yep. Eddie Gir- was Eddie Gerard. Now here's the funny thing: people are gonna go, who you know, because I know it's a long time. Ago. We who? did this when we did we did this when we did the best teams bracket because we sat there and we kind of said we needed to limit the 50s and 40s teams a little because we knew people wouldn't even know who to like. we trying the Montreal
0: Maroons. People, well, we're,
1: well, we're trying to have people vote <laughs> on it, and we're gonna go. No one's gonna know who was on the 1954 Detroit Red Wings <laughs> or who was or on, on the 1913
0: Mar- Mar- Montreal Maroons,
1: right, or something like that. Eddie Gerard actually was one of the first original members of the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1945, oh, wow. which okay. to, to which I've responded to Broads and said on the podcast.
0: So Pat Maroon going if, in the hall?
1: No, Pat Maroon is probably not going in the hall. But but I did say to Broads that whenever I do, whenever whenever I do, and whenever it is feasible again to make the trip to Toronto and go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, like it's long overdue for me, I am going into the specific area that is known as the like it's kind of it's like no it's like almost like the hall of greatness of you because all the trophies are there and the plaques are on the wall and right. i said i'm i'm going to hunt i'm going to find eddie gerard's plaque and i'm taking a picture of it and sending it to you
0: that's funny because
1: because we've had too much fun with this segment you
0: know but uh for for any of our listeners that might have missed it uh when when the tampa bay lightning get the cup and they all celebrate when they all get on the ice to do the the picture, right? You know the picture I'm talking about. Front page of the newspaper, the whole team crowded around the cup. Everyone's holding up their two for back-to-back. Right. But if you zoom what? in on Patrick Maroon, so this was actually, Patrick it was, it was, it, Maroon is holding up so, three fingers. So He's one really, back-to-back-to-back.
1: Actually, actually, it was really funny because I, I got it wrong when I was – because like, my wife was sitting on the couch as it was over, and I'm kind of back and forth between the computer and watching it on TV, and she goes, what's every like, – kind of what's all the fingers for because she goes there's people holding up ones twos and and one guy's got three and i turned and i said well the three is he's won three in a row so he's holding up three for that And i said the twos back to back and i said the I, I said at the time oh the one is just what you you know everybody you that's know, just won. what you do we, we're, we're number, number one. one yeah no that was that was guys like ross colton and david savard who had only who won weren't on the team last year first Right, so yeah. that's their first. So everybody everybody yeah. held up. There they goes. absolutely
0: <laughs> talked about it. 100%. You oh, can't convince on. me otherwise. Patrick Maroon, chest out, when I'm holding okay. up three fingers. Okay, do you
1: know why they probably talked about it in all seriousness? Because,
0: because they were up three games to one and it wasn't close?
1: They were up three games to none. Also. Like, like, real, like I'm saying, when you got to the third one and it's three nothing, I think they kind of knew they could prepare for what they might do. That's, you know,
0: yeah you you start planning the parade route a little bit when you're the defending champion and you're up by three the games way I'm, to a little nothing. Surpri-
1: I'm, I'm a little tiny bit surprised about this the parade thing is tomorrow or Monday for people who aren't you know really
0: this far out that far out they didn't do it already
1: I would have thought possibly Friday from a yeah. Wednesday from a Wednesday deal but it, look it's not you know I don't know I don't know that that's a big deal.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But uh, sorry, we were done with Tampa. I did also want to talk about uh, the team they actually beat is sure. Montreal.
1: We'll keep that. We'll keep that banner up. because We're still talking about the Stanley Cup final. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's fine. Uh, Montreal looked. I mean, throughout the playoffs, they were the most surprising team. I don't think anybody would tell you any differently. If you told me you had them getting past Toronto, I might, maybe, question mark, believe you. But I definitely don't believe you if you tell me you had them beaten Vegas in the conference finals. I'm sorry, right. the semifinals. So to come in and even putting up the fight they did, at a certain point you just run out of gas, right? right. Like Tampa's just like we talked about, they're the dream team. They're the, the ninety two men's basketball Olympic team. Like I don't even
1: know I don't even know if it's running out of gas when you run into the, like you just kind of referred to, like the dream team. You know, that's just I think it's just running into a team that was so much better than ever. And, and I, I said there was a couple things I said about this on on the last open. I hits that I'll kind of touch on here because for one, I don't love playing the what if game. So I'm not going to wonder how this would have gone if Vegas would have won that series or if the Islanders win game seven and it's Montreal Islanders or Vegas. I like like you don't nobody you can't play hypotheticals in hindsight right like that's fair, it's Hindsight's fair it, it was fair to look at when the final four was actually decided and go well we could get a couple really good ones we could get vegas tampa we could get vegas islanders montreal islanders Mon- you know, montreal tampa was obviously there you know like there's possibilities and you can think about those possibilities but what ends up happening is what ends up happening and you can't change that to try to that's fair make it better for yourself if you will like you know what i mean like it's not. It, this isn't hitting random on the teams on NHL 21 and picking out your dream stand like a final. You know what I right. mean? Like this is, or maybe maybe I guess more or less it is hitting random on NHL 21 because you're randomizing who could get there. That that's that's the beauty. Like, and I remember I, I referred to it kind of with with Broads anyway. Of you know, what's more fun to you, watching teams that you almost didn't expect to be there get there, or knowing that like. In another, And, I again, I said every sport's different, and I'm not trying to say that there's anything wrong with the way another sport goes. What I'm saying, though, is, is that in the NBA, you have stretches where it's the same two teams in the final four every years year. running, yeah. you know? And it makes it, like, almost to the point where we're, like, like, the NBA final this year is the Phoenix Suns against the Milwaukee Bucks, two teams that haven't been there in a long time, decades. Right. To the point where it's almost like you're shell-shocked that this was even possible, a oh, wait yeah, the NBA like, is like, wait, weird like, because it like, just functions where you differently you go, as a league. Because because yeah. then you sit there and you go, wait a minute, Golden State didn't make it, the Lakers didn't make it.
0: More importantly, you LeBron's know, not there. The
1: Celtics didn't you? Know, well, right. or,
0: you're even well, naming and, the players. You know, James Harden's not there. But that was the
1: difference because because said I, like I don't care because I love like he goes I'm such a big LeBron James fan I like seeing him in the finals. I said, but there's an expectation there, right? Like there's an expectation like in certain situations. In other sports, like the NHL, you can even there's say an the expect- same thing
0: in football with Tom Brady.
1: Well, right, but there's an expectation that the best, like in in the NHL, it's that they, there's an expectation the best team is going to get there. That's why when the Tampa Bay Lightning win 62 games in a regular season, they were everybody's pick to be the, the Stanley Cup champion that year. Because you go, well, what what do we think is going to happen? They're right. the, they're the best team in the league. We kind of expect them to make it that far because this all stemmed from a question of what happens to the Montreal Canadiens' expectations now. You've you've made a cup final, and you maybe weren't, I don't say weren't supposed to, but you weren't expected to. You overcame some odds to get there. Right, but uh, but at the same time, Broads does does a show on his channel called Coffee with Broads. It's a live stream every weekday morning at 9 a.m., and in a bit of a different scheduling twist when we did the last episode after the cup final was over, knowing we weren't competing with an additional game to come, which would have been on Friday night if there was a game six, then we pushed back. We actually did the show. We recorded mid-afternoon as opposed to early morning, which would be before he does this show. So he goes on and is talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning winning as part of his Coffee with Brocha where he gets comments. And so he was reading off a few that he had gotten during this stream on when we recorded the show because he's talking about people going, oh, like – kind of in a way like that Montreal fluked their way there. They were, you know, Carey Price literally carried them there and that's how they got there and things like that. And I turned around and I basically countered because I said something about the adversity that they overcame as a team to eventually get there. And, and I mentioned three different occurrences over each diff- like each series that they won. They were down 3-1 to Toronto. They find a way to come back and they win, right? You're down 3-1 though. So you have to overcome long odds down 3-1. You have to win three games in a row against that team that on paper, you know is
0: better than you. Yeah, and they that's really outplayed two. them in right. the back half of that's that series. Number, like, I think that's people number forget. one.
1: That's number one. Yeah. Then you go on and play Winnipeg, and you rally around Jake Evans, your fallen teammate in game one, when you win. And this, uh, to me, the series was over.
0: Done. They're going to rally around this kid. Winnipeg not having Mark Shifley is also part oh, of Oh, yeah,
1: that. I know. But but that's also because we knew that was coming, too. That's what I'm saying. So right. the second it happened, you go, well, now he's going to get suspended, and they're going to rally around this kid. Yep. So... Collectively, this Uh-oh. series is over. Then they get halfway through the Vegas series, and their coach gets COVID. Yep. Now he's out. So now you have Luke Richardson serving as acting coach, and and they win that series. I like. John Cooper even said before the Stanley Cup final, nobody flukes their way to the Stanley Cup no. final. You you might be able to, I don't want to call it fluke your way through, but you might get lucky and get bounces and make your way through around and go. Oh, you know what? That was. There were there were some breaks. You might even you don't be able it. to see
0: a team squeak through two rounds but you don't on get, some luck. You don't
1: get all the way there. You and, don't get three and rounds. And you you don't get four wins away from the ultimate prize by being lucky the entire time. You got to be three cool wins out. away at the end. Right, but by the time they were three wins away, the series was. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. More or less <laughs> over. So listen,
0: if Tampa, if if Montreal had reverse sweeped Tampa, if they had come out <laughs> and won Game Five. Tampa's got to start doubting themselves, right? Like, yes, it's the team that won the cup the year prior, but it's also the team that blew it to the Blue Jackets the year before that. So
1: I think, and, and again, and, and we'll, boy, we're gonna get onto this topic now too, because uh, I there was because we Bros asked me if I saw, which of course I did, saw Nikita Kucherov's post game.
0: Oh, Nikita Kucherov's post game, man! Now here's I love now here's,
1: it. here's the thing, I it to in all seriousness from that, I actually believe. They didn't want to go back to Montreal. Oh, I, like, agree. I believe. Like I believe that from a without like, and he he turned it into you a send kind some of a relief shot at, in there. Well, yeah, because he well he turned it into a shot at the fans, and I don't doubt that. Like I'm not saying they couldn't have won a game if it went back to Montreal. I just don't think I just don't think you want to even chance it.
0: No, and like, if you if you lose game five and it goes back to Montreal, it's tough to say Montreal's losing that game six.
1: It's Carrie tough. Price isn't I, letting it, a goal
0: uh, in. That's for sure.
1: Well, I don't know about that. Like, I felt that way in Game Five as well, or in Game Four wow. as well. And he I was say in game, game Five, he barely did. You know, ga- I, I mean, in Game Four, when they actually did get the lead, and then, like, honestly, they it was two and a half minutes away in my like in the second period from me g- seeing this game go to the third and going, it's over. Yep. They haven't scored yet, and they're not going to score tonight. He's not letting one in, yep. and then they and then they did score, and and it wasn't Carey Price's fault that they scored those two goals in that game. They were both empty nets, basically, all right. But, right. But they found a way. It's it, it was closer to being over than we thought. I mean, let's say this way. It was one power play goal away from being over Man. because Shea Weber took a costly, costly penalty Terrible. Penalty. with three minutes left in the third period that they or with one minute left in the third period that carries over for three minutes into overtime and they kill it off and they then score two minutes later.
0: Yep. That was such a huge penalty kill. And even though you didn't, you only won one game. You only blah, blah, blah. Like, You have some really solid things to go out on. Like I know it's tough for for the Montreal players at this point because you know you were this close and the pain. You know you saw all the Canadians go up and kind of support Shea Weber after the the end of Game Five. Um, But they have a lot of good things to hang their hat on. They they had an incredible run. And, and
1: I, I and I genuinely appreciate. I mentioned this on Open Eyes. I genuinely appreciated how long the handshake line was. In yeah, terms those, of that, those like, guys like that, that was a that was a massive showing of respect for two sides that battled it out. And even though, it, you know, like it's funny because Broads texted me as Game Four was preparing to go to overtime, or as we were talking about where we go from here and things like, and kind of even knowing that, or you know, we both kind of made the assumption falsely mm-hmm. that. Tampa Bay having a four-minute power play with a minute left in the third period meant series over. I think we all did. I certainly did. I even twi- I even put on Twitter, I was feeling a Kucherov goal because he hit the post moments earlier, and I'm like, I'm feeling one here. It's going to be Kucherov. But beside the point. Man,
0: that post-game he, he presser th- would have been he even text- more wild.
1: He, text- he, he texts me and says something about, like, what a disappointing series. And I understand, like, where you're coming from with that. Like, it's disappointing because of the fact that it only lasted five games. It you wasn't You want to see long. a closer
0: series. You want to see a more competitive, longer. Well, y-
1: you know what it is too. Because, like, we're going to look at it. Anybody who watches the game closely will look at it and go, "You know what? In hindsight, here's how close the series really was." Montreal outplayed Tampa in game two. Ended up losing three one because Vasilevsky stood on his head. He
0: played number- incredibly. Actually, that game actually, won him the Conn
1: Actually, it was t- actually. I'm sorry. It was. T- it's two reasons. Vasilevsky stood on his head and was outstanding in that game. Made nearly twice as many saves as Carey Price did. Yep. And then, or actually probably did, because I think the shots were 43-23. It so. was wild. Yeah. So considering that Tampa Bay scored three goals, Carey Price had 20 saves. Andre Vasilevsky had 42. So yep. he doubles them up on saves.
0: I think that's so the game one, that won him the Smythe.
1: It could be. That's number one. But number two is, if Blake Coleman doesn't score that diving goal at the end of the second period with Incredible. a second left... I don't know if we're talking about the same series.
0: Incredible, right? Yeah, that in, goal was. It insane. is incredible. Blake Coleman a, is ridiculous when he's diving. He's just going to start diving towards the net just randomly. Right. But
1: just... that's. But it. But it's. It's. It's series changing, series defining. Like we're not going to talk about Ross Colton's goal that won Game Five. We're not going to talk about the goals in Game Four. We're not going to talk about the onslaught of goals in Game Three. Where it's look at what Tyler Johnson's doing. Look at Kucherov. It wasn't Kucherov. I'm sorry. Who? Who was it? I'm thinking of. Well, Victor Hedman had a goal in there, and Jan Ruda has a goal, and who was the other yeah. forward that scored? It was. Uh, it wasn't like, Torelli, was it? No, um, it's killing me now that I don't know who it was who scored that third goal. Uh, well, either way, um, it's it's a, it's, a, it's it's. I think it's. I want to say it's. No, no, no. Wait a minute. It was Kucherov because he had It three. was Kucherov. Right, right, right. So I, I did think about that because it was the two-one-zero.
0: Right, right, a lot. right,
1: That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Anyway, like we're not going to talk about those. We're, that's the goal that people are going to talk about. It's Blake Coleman's diving goal. So that's a game. That's a game changer, series changer, the whole thing. But that game's close. That game's right. really close the entire way through. And actually, it's it's still even two one down to the final five minutes. And a big mistake is made, and that's what ends up being the the, the nail in the coffin in that game. So, so game one, Montreal looks outmatched. Game two, they're the better team throughout. They give up three goals, and their goaltender is per- near perfect. So it's three one as the final there. Game three is kind of this weird back and forth. They they get off to maybe one of the worst starts you can get off to in a game because they go down two one or two nothing before it's even five minutes in. But then they play better throughout the rest of the first period. Get a goal. Now they're looking better. And again, they kind of come out. They give up the third one. They eventually give up a fourth. Then they get one back, and it's like, okay, hold on a minute, because with four, it's four two. There's like four minutes left. Start watching for the goalie. Price is going to go, and maybe it'll maybe it'll be four three, and it'll be interesting again. Like it's there. It's and then they give up another one, and that one wasn't that close. Then they do win a game in overtime, three to two, and then they lose one nothing in the clincher. So three yeah. of these games were essentially one goal games for majority, or yeah. or the, or at least they played better at times than Tampa did. Certainly. So, in, so if you can say that out of three, in three out of five games. You could be looking at a three-two series either way. You could be looking at three-two, like you could be
0: looking at three-two Montreal. Montreal Canadiens have absolutely nothing to be ashamed about coming out of this. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Yeah.
1: And that's the key. Like you got to be mindful of the fact that, like, just because on paper you're going to look at it in in history and go, "Oh, it was a four-one series. It wasn't even that close. This is like that was boring." Like, no, it was some good hockey in there, and and it was close, and it was close, like. I can tell you, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that game one or game three was the best game I've ever seen and had me glued to the TV. It, it, it was lopsided at times. But game two was good. Game game four was good. Game five was outstanding.
0: Great. Game five was fantastic hockey. And And you do see that a lot of times, right? The game that the cup gets decided is often a spectacular hockey game. And, uh, as we declare another champion, uh, Andre Vasilevsky got the con Smythe and that kind of puts a neat little bow on the, uh, 2021 NHL season. Uh, we will talk about the awards a little later on in the show, but we do actually have some, I did, stuff to I did say about. when it
1: came, to, I did say when it came to Canadians too, by the way, especially since we had to
0: t- like, truthfully, we had to talk about them so
1: much a year ago during the playoffs and in the bubble because of the series against the Flyers. (sighs) Remember when the Flyers were good. (laughs) We'll get there later. (laughs) Um, But but, but after watch, after watching them win a series in four against Pittsburgh, which where you needed three, so it was a three, one series win. And then after watching them find a way to take the Flyers to six and now do this with this cup run i even said this on open i said i hope that people have them on their radar as a playoff team again and don't just dismiss them as well they were the 18th best team in the league or the 24th right. best like they're a playoff team they can play off and playoff carry
0: price is different and we saw that this year
1: i, I do th- i do think he needs help
0: i agree and Jake Allen should be a good resource as a, as a secondary goalie for them like, next year. Yeah.
1: He's not getting any younger, and, right. and that's not a knock. I'm not saying like that. Like, no, it's just the truth. Because let's put it this way. W- was it any question if Montreal wins the Stanley Cup, who's winning Conn Smythe? It's no. going to be Carey Price. No. By a mile.
0: I, there If that series went six or seven games, I mean, there was you, a chance Carey Price won it, even in a, in a losing effort.
1: I thought that for a little bit, but yeah. I think Vasilevsky was too good in closeouts to even think about that. Not I meant agree. Meant for losses.
0: But if I, Game I, 5 is one nothing the other way, all of a sudden the conversation's open again. The funny thing,
1: too, is to me anyway, is that there was almost a sense that you didn't even... Like, Vasilevsky seemed like... And I even said it is an easy choice because when I think you look back on it, you go how good he was in Game 2 and then how great he is in closeout games. Like, it's almost like you just know. You expect that when it's 3-whatever in a series then he's gonna post a shutout right yeah. now that's what you expect almost so he's that good but there was almost like you could have made the argument for well, kucherov could have won it kucherov had nine more points than the next guy on the list which was his own teammate in right. the playoffs like you wow. know what i mean like it's he, he was that good
0: he went and, ballistic yeah
1: and I, he, like, he played it, like it, he didn't uh, have a regular like, season it's it, i hear you it, that's yeah nice shot um it, but it's like, it actually is almost funny to me that it overshadows, um like it overshadows Brayden Point's goal scoring in the first three rounds too. Like he's the third guy that comes up. Yeah. You know? It's wild. And he scored 14 goals in three rounds to the point where you kind of thought going into this series, he's probably got two or three more in him. So he'll end up with like 17 goals in whatever number of games they played, 22 or 23 or something like that. Because they got through most of these, like they got through a couple of these series in not I wanna say short order, but like th- these weren't complete. they didn't pl- they only played one seven game series. Right. Like it's not like they had to go the distance an awful lot. Like who who else did Tampa play leading up to? Because Tampa played Carolina in one and six. They played Florida in one and six, and realistically, like I look back at that Florida series and I go, That wasn't even close in reality. No. Like like it went six and Florida won two games. That wasn't even close.
0: It was never in question. No.
1: Carolina could have like Carolina had a game there for the taking that was and Carolina I think was five actually not six now that right. I think about it but Carolina the reason that I'm saying this is because Carolina had the one thing that Tampa hadn't had happen in the longest time they were on their way to a back-to-back win right and you're up four to two you've got it in your grasp and the end of that second period in that game four was as brutal as I've seen like you can't give them power play after power play and I don't care if you love the officials or hate them or think they're great or think they're god awful doesn't matter you can't keep taking penalties against that team and expect to come out of it clean and no, it says we, a, and it says an awful lot about the Montreal Canadiens that they did not lose this series on special teams
0: I agree and they and we lost saw... this
1: series on great goaltending and opportunistic 5-on-5 goals because that's what a lot of it was
0: yeah and we saw postseason long that Tampa Bay's power play was absolutely dominant uh, now, all right. to the big stuff. I think it's time we take a transition here and hit the off season. Uh, we're going to shift our focus here mostly to the Philadelphia Flyers. If uh, if you're an NHL fan and you're bailing on the show at this time, follow us on Twitter at NHL <laughs> NHL. At, at YWT Podcast. Subscribe in, on YouTube, etc., I mean, etc. Also, in, stick around.
1: Well, listen. In fairness. We, as much as we are going to shift and talk flyers for the offseason portion of this, when the, when it does roll around, I mean, we're when we do, I believe one of our next shows is going to be right after the expansion draft is over and the NHL draft is over, we will most certainly talk about what Seattle's team looks like. We will most certainly talk about the picks that will go leading up to, like the flyers don't pick until 13th in the draft. There are going to be guys who go higher that we will make mention of. As a matter of fact, ironically enough, I bought my draft guides last night. Nice. Uh, I was doing a quick browse. I think. I think I know who I'd like. I'd love for the Flyers take. I don't think he's going to be there. If I'm honest, but okay. I would love. All right. Well, listen. Then I'm then I'm putting more. You know, I'm spreading my chips around here a little bit. There's two guys I, I would not hate if the Flyers took that. Okay. That probably are top ten worthy, but we will see because it's such it's a, a weird, weird year. Damn. Th- yeah. I I can't tell you the number of uh, look. I nothing against cuz i use multiple draft guides when i right. do all this stuff nothing against some of the others the best one in my opinion is hockey prospects black book it is okay. outstanding because because it, because not only does it list more information about the player they get quotes from not only their own scouts and their own reports but their but the but other nhl scouts right and a majority nhl scouts and scouts for that are writing specifically for this book and for this outlet a majority would sit there and say, listen, I like to me, this kid is blank, like top 10. Right. But it's been such a weird year that we just don't know how people are going to evaluate them. We like, know Owen Power is going number one, and then
0: we, we throw know, we the know. rest. In the, well, we know Owen Power is probably going number one. I think he should go number one. If, and if then I was making the pick, I can't everything, that. Everything else, you're just throwing the throwing the lottery balls up in the air even more so than normal.
1: How about this then? I will tell you what I really – well, I don't want to say that because I think I'm going to be wrong if I say it that way.
0: Trade 13 for Eichel. N- n- no, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not what you were going to say? Okay. No, when it comes to drift, draft,
1: I will not be shocked, and this is going to go against – because I'm not, I'm not even gonna. Because I, I, this is the opposite of speaking something into existence.
0: Okay. Oh no. Um, no,
1: no, I'm not gonna speak this out of existence. So I'm not gonna mention the players I would like to see the Flyers have on the radar out of this draft. While being realistic, because I'm not gonna sit there and tell you, oh, I think the Flyers should have Owen Power on their radar. Like Owen Power That'd is gonna be. be Owen Power is gonna be long gone. And listen, I love, I love Maddie Beneers, but I, he's gonna be long gone. Yeah, I, I'd I
0: love Maddie Beneers too, it ain't happening.
1: I, I would not be shocked. If a Michigan player went number one,
0: okay, be, I'm being safe. Hot take. Good it's old not, hot take, Kevin, oh, it, oh, back oh, again. Oh, oh it's so hot. A, it's take so Kevin. not a hot
1: take. The one guide has three Michigan <laughs> players on the cover because there's
0: three. It there. must be. It must be midsummer with a take that hot. Who, baby?
1: <laughs> I think a Michigan player is going number one to Buffalo. That's what I will say. Uh, all right, uh, we will. One of, one of one of Cam York's teammates okay. is going. Is going. At number one, I think I don't know for sure, but I I wouldn't be shocked.
0: <laughs> so, like like Kevin mentioned a minute ago, we will be doing kind of full breakdowns of the draft and the expansion draft and et cetera, et cetera. I but, do. Uh, think,
1: I also do think, by the way, free agency is going to be fascinating this year.
0: Free agency is going to be like fascinating. like
1: league wide, obviously. I don't know. Look, I I can't. Spe- we're gonna get. We'll get into the flyer stuff in just a second. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm not going to profess to know what's going to happen.
0: You know. I know Taylor Hall is probably going to sign in. Boston. That's about all I know. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's a hot take. Right. Because he very clearly loves it there and got himself traded there and is just very clearly going to sign a nice clean contract with them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as, while we kind of work our way, uh, I think our next show will be a pretty good free agency show. Uh, I think today's show—it's
1: the expansion wrap slash—and and to be honest, I, we'll we'll have to—we'll
0: we'll, talk off we'll, the air about those, right?
1: Well, because we're gonna have to coordinate everything again. I wouldn't. I we normally over the summer we don't do the back to back weeks thing. I think we might have to over ex, from expansion draft to free agency just for two reasons. Just because free agency is not the same as it typically is. There's no look, there is, but there's not. There's no true tampering period where there's a week right. leading up to so deals like we experienced this last year deals were not exactly happening at the rapid fire rate that they were in previous years like we sat there on the day of free agency whatever that was i think it was like october or something or other mid-october something like that and we sat there waiting to see where people would go and who's signing where and for how much and what's happening and for the better part of like Two to three hours, we just sat there going, "Oh, the best thing we've got is like Luke Shen signed with Tampa." And
0: you there you know, go. There's it, their big free agent.
1: Yeah, a guy <laughs> who didn't even play in the Stanley Cup final at all. Literally,
0: I love up. Yeah, but it up. but he's their big free agent just, because Luke Shen oh, is a very he's... large, very large man.
1: <laughs> By the way, that was one of the speak. We didn't really because after we, we I kind of touched on them. We didn't go off like off on it afterwards. The Kucherov presser was great. There's a picture on Instagram that he's taking a picture. He's got Luke Shen with him, and Braden Shen was there to celebrate. Oh, I did doing, see that. He, he's he's mocking he him in the face. He, yeah. He, and he goes, "It took me uh, two years, but I got payback." And that's then, the, funny.
0: And, and it was, it's great. Um, Turns out, winning back-to-back cups can heal a lot of old wounds.
1: I, I think. I think running especially on especially adre- when you're or,
0: playing with his brother,
1: or or running on adrenaline and getting Bud Light deals cannot really make it heal there is no know.
0: way that contract can hold up in court because there's no way you can <laughs> prove he was sober when he signed it there's <laughs> no way it was signed way too quick after that presser
1: the funny thing is is i actually saw that andre vasilevsky got one too and okay. i fully and i actually fully believe he was completely sober i believe that too presses. he seemed so even keel like it wasn't like it was no big deal all right, Butchov's out here calling out people, and you know, bring on your questions. <laughs> Talk- and, oh, man, and, I, and, I and,
0: cannot uh, wait till he shows up in Montreal next year. The boos are going to be good because you know they're going to play the clip back. Ugh, it's going to be great. I think
1: it's I, I think it's going to be great that we're just even going to be able to ex- hopefully experience that again.
0: Like, I hope so.
1: The normal, like th- that was another good article too. As we're as we're still on offseason stuff and not specifically Flyers yet. The stuff from like the past year that you would go, should it stay or should it go? Because it sounds like it sounds like homestand style series are going to stick it. around. I don't mind that. I do. I, I, what was the thing they said that, that needed to go that was like worth? Oh, what needs to go is divisional play, like divisional A play division only. Right. This divisional. Well not not only division only play, but like in the playoffs. OK, divisional playoffs. They love the reseeding of the semifinal. Which it's I not going to go anywhere. With. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but I understand where people are coming from. with I don't,
0: I don't hate receding. I don't mind getting rid of Eastern no, the, Western in conference. The,
1: fi- in the semifinals was great.
0: I don't mind getting rid of Eastern Western Conference. That's fine with me.
1: But beyond that, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, I could pull that up really quick, but uh, we, we need to talk
0: flyer stuff. Those, too, so those, those super that. intrusive and definitely problematic helmet ads. Uh, the helmet ads are here to stay. I know they are. I was being sarcastic. They were not a problem beyond Ooh, look, the first five minutes you watched
1: right i'm gonna say not only that but unless you truthfully care so much about like okay the jer- look the jerseys aren't billboards right like that's another thing about it like the jerseys didn't turn into billboards so let's just leave it at that, you know like fair i i can live with an ad on a helmet right oh good It was the first thing up here i wanted to see it really quick because I-, I knew there was some good stuff in here i just want to see so okay says so like so ditch the all canadian division because it was you know, yep. it, it was fun while it lasted, but uh, what was it? If we're being honest, it's not necessarily in the NHL's best marketing interest to have a Canadian team seated in the Final Four every single postseason because it's not always going to be an original six team. Right. That's fair. fair. Stay yeah. the reseeded Final Four. Go divisional playoffs. Um, stay yeah. homestand schedules. Go. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, this was great. So go varying degrees of audio quality it had, to do with, it had to do with Zoom calls. Um, this was actually good though. I did like this. Stay occasional zooming because it said not you know the media landscape shifts. Not every publication can send reporters to every game on the road. Um, I agree. The, the NHL needs to do everything it can to encourage widespread quality coverage of the product. Holding video conference availability with select players and the head coach could certainly help.
0: And I agree then, with that. And then
1: this is the funny note on the end of it. Or failing that, just just make sure to continue having the key to Kucherov doing them <laughs> preferably after happy hour.
0: Preferably shirtless.
1: <laughs> um then so, some of this stuff was like arena stuff, so go paper go paperless tickets. Um at, like uh, at least oh, give the that, option okay, well, sure. uh, at least give the option to own a paper ticket cuz people like to collect. Uh, uh, no, sure, whatever. Um, stay gr- stay grab and go food, the no contact concessions purposes, uh, purchases was Sounds you know, great. Yep they've had these things forever at airports now they're in hockey arenas so you know the majority of your, uh, so the majority of your life during intermission isn't spent in the bathroom line and the beverage line but truly uh go coaches wearing masks stay caring more about everyone's mental health sure no i get it. i get where
0: they're coming from with that stuff by the way sure yeah that's fair uh all right so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna shift to the flyers here and our first Let's just do a couple stuff oh we're just going to this okay yeah we kind of <laughs> like look, this. I, I, we can talk expansion draft stuff, but I, that
1: was more up there as like well, an off season thing we did talk I about- think
0: the I think the expansion draft ties into one of the rumors. names on this list here potentially so in case you're not watching our YouTube channel, we just popped up our flyers rumors tab for our next conversation here. Uh, uh, it's been a while word? since our last show that we were both here for. And since then, the rumors have kind of been hot and heavy. Uh, We've heard all sorts of names, from Seth Jones to Jake Voracek to you know whispers about Jack Eichel, but that's a little smaller. That's everybody.
1: Keyword rumors. I mean, like Uh, right, of course. Very keyword
0: rumors. Like
1: there, it's it's been. I am willing.
0: I am willing to say at this point, the Flyers being heavily interested at one point in Seth Jones. I'm willing to say that's more than a rumor. I'm willing to say that was probably fact that that Chuck Fletcher seems to have been very interested They're... at one point in time in acquiring Seth Jones Now it doesn't seem like that's going to make a lot of sense because it doesn't seem like he's going to resign here
1: okay. It seems it, here's what I will say to get this ball rolling on this yeah. topic. It seems like the primary source of this information and these rumors has typically gone back to 31 thoughts in Elliot Friedman, and he th- who does a great job. He's like, so reliable when it comes to this stuff.
0: Elliot Friedman so, like, tends if, to know if, things.
1: Right. If he's putting something out there, there's, chances are there's legitimacy behind it. If
0: he's putting it, it in 31 thoughts, right. he, he knows definitely. it. Right. He, he, now, he here's knows where
1: it. I'm, So here's where I'm at with this. It is – sounded to me at one point in time like he basically even said they are going out and looking at anything they can. So Seth Jones is just part of this. They will look at Dougie Hamilton. They will look at Matt Dumba. They'll look at all these names that you can think of because of the fact that they feel like they – like not that they have to, but it's like there's this sense of doing your diligence and looking around and looking at the options. If you've heard a name tied to the Flyers on a defensive side, chances are they will look at it or have thought least- about it. Like, had the conversation, so so right. go beyond the three I just mentioned. Throw Adam Larson in the mix because his name has come up before. Like, and I'm not saying that they all have. They all have to be earth shattering. The bottom line is, is that like, and it was the funny part because like, there's I've seen a lot of people on Twitter who sit there and like, there's varying opinions of anybody they can get. You mentioned Dougie Hamilton, and half the people go, "Yes, do it, do it, do it," and the other half go, "No, he's too offensive minded. He's not going to be good for this. He's not." Gonna I'd be, be very like, happy with Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. I hear you, and then I see the same thing about Seth Jones, and then I see people you know Matt Dumba's name comes up and people go no he sucks Adam Larson no he doesn't fill the void the right way like that because I know I've said it before their biggest need is to put somebody next to Ivan Provorov. that's the biggest need of the offseason and that's fair it's fair to say here's the thing okay I don't care if it's Seth Jones Dougie Hamilton Matt Dumba I don't care who it is there I would be willing to lay a wager that that player whoever it is is probably better than the guy you picked up a year ago
0: yeah 100%.
1: Or better than the guy you used as your whipping post for the last seven years.
0: Oh, right. Is he you know better I mean? like, than Justin Braun? Not
1: even that. Is like, even is that. he better than Andrew McDonald? Is he better than Eric Gustafson? Like, This is what you've watched.
0: I'm sorry. That would be Stanley years. Cup finalist Eric Gustafson to you, sir? He, yeah, he guy, was playing in the Stanley Cup finals. Excuse me.
1: Only three games. <laughs>
0: For only three games until he
1: had two god awful turnovers. He was in terrible. He's, he wasn't. He, here's the funny part. Tampa might give he, him a ring. He wasn't. He, he Funny part is, is he wasn't half bad. And I, like I say, half bad lightly. Like I'm not. I like like. Uh, he he was exactly where he was meant to be in terms of number six on that depth chart at that time. But he wasn't I'm half sure. bad in. He wasn't half bad in like the Winnipeg series and the Vegas series because he wasn't killing them. He wasn't necessarily winning them games, but he wasn't killing them. Let's just he be was real.
0: Not a problem, and that was his biggest asset.
1: There you go. But this is what you've had to deal with as, as a franchise for years, right? You've had to watch these guys. Like, who else? Like, like you can say that about when Luke Shen was taking up playing time regularly, right? Oh, like, God. like. This is like this is like sitting there trying to sit, like this is like trying to say that it, like and uh, it's an awful example to use because I think anybody would take this guy on their team right now especially after watching what he just did in, in the Stanley Cup final but it's like somebody sitting there saying they hear the name Blake Coleman and go no he sucks and then you want to then you have to sit there and remind people that you know what for 4 years you live with Chris Vandevelde on your team you know what i mean like yep remember that you know
0: Andre Mazaros top pairing defenseman. I actually didn't hate Andre Mazaros as a depth guy. Right. As a top pairing defenseman yeah, though. No, as I know. A, a second power play unit guy. <sighs>
1: Andrew McDon- like Andrew McDonald and Eric Gustafson and guys like that and Luke Shen and guys like that. The first Eric made, Gustafson. Made, make make Braden Coburn look like a Hall of Famer because Brayden Coburn Flyers
0: was, legend and also Braden, Tampa Bay no, Lightning legend well, the reason and, and the
1: reason I say that is because Brayden Coburn then when you look back on it you go guy wasn't bad you know like guy gave you some really good years over the t- like over the course of that time like when you look at what they've had since
0: a couple years ago the Tampa Bay Lightning had Luke Shen
1: Braden Coburn
0: and Braden Coburn in their lineup and were a very 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 good team and I questioned everything I knew as a Flyers fan <laughs> and then it turned out that those players sucked, and Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov are just that—that that freaking good.
1: Is it? Is it just that though?
0: Is Victor Hedman helps?
1: Oh, I was gonna say that, Andre though. Vasileski helps. Okay, yeah, that does help. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> is it? No, but is it that, or is it John Cooper's just a really damn good coach?
0: I think that's also the case. Because
1: I'll tell you what. We've talked a lot about other coaches on this show when we watch certain things we like one of our favorite go to's is Rod Brindamore. We sit there and we Rod talk about Rod but we sit there and talk about Rod Brindamore and go, I'm gonna run through a wall after listening to this guy speak. He loves this player so much and I'm now motivated just as much. I was watching some of the Quest for the Cup episodes. John Cooper gives some good motivational speeches in the locker room. Like hey, so without real- yelling about it and stuff, he goes in and just kinda gets right to the point. <laughs> And you feel ready to go after that. He's good.
0: Real quick, just because we're speaking of fiery, passionate speeches and you weren't on the show. What do you think about Dave Hackstall in Seattle? Fiery, passionate, get the boys riled up speeches, Bro- right?
1: Rhodes nearly fell out of his chair when he mentioned it. Me he was too. laughing so hard. Um, Me too. Okay. I turn around and I said this. This, <laughs> if If everything is true to form as we know it. The Seattle Kraken. They're winning will win. the cup. The Seattle Kraken will win a Stanley Cup within five years.
0: They're going to win the cup within two years. That's how no, it works. No, I don't. I don't yep. think they're going to. No, I, I, Alain I, Vigneault will still be employed by the Philadelphia I, Flyers. No,
1: I will tell you why I don't think it's going to happen within two years because I don't think that this team is going to be as good as Vegas was.
0: I disagree with that firmly. I don't because, and I'll tell you I think why you're I underestimating how much cap hell other teams are in.
1: All right, I'd have to see the roster.
0: I don't think the roster is going to come out looking as good. Like And when you saw the Derek England, Riley Smith, Vegas lineup, you didn't think it looked good either. I, nobody I did. Nobody I did. did. I didn't if, hate Riley Smith, to be honest. Okay, but you know what I mean. You didn't, didn't look at that lineup I, right, and look I, play, and think even playoff team.
1: I didn't think William no, Carlson did. was a 40 goal scorer and I didn't think that I mean, we'll see, here's the difference too. What you've got to do is that it's it's funny. If we looked at, like honestly that's the team that's going to the Stanley Cup final for Vegas, and it's the probably probably the worst, the, worst, on the weakest paper. group of the
0: bunch. Yeah, because there's something about that chip on the shoulder, man. There's something real there about is, that expansion group. Other teams didn't want us.
1: They did there's have some great, Disney magic in it. They did have they did have a great goalie though.
0: And Mark, I think Mark Andre, Mark Andre Fleury had a resurgence. There, I, there is a five to ten percent chance in my book that Seattle ends up with the same goalie.
1: I'm disappointed in this, then, because and I'll tell you why. It's not that he's gonna go there. I'm disappointed because there was a, there was such an opportunity. Like, I'm sorry, Seattle, Dave Haxtell. You had Gerard Gallant right there, and he could have been the first. He coach was right there. Season. He's in, he could have been the first coach of another expansion team, and then you could have taken the same goalie.
0: It would have been incredible. Could you imagine? And,
1: like that's that's what that what even how do you even describe it? That's not even running it back. That's At like that point, run, that's you like trying to run it back without having a team.
0: At that point, you call Derek England just to see where he is these days.
1: Who else else could you take from that
0: original Vegas Uh, team? Reed Duke. He's probably not doing anything. (laughs) I forgot about Reed Duke. That's good. uh, The only reason I know his name, fun fact, is because uh, there is a professional Magic the Gathering player also named Reed Duke. Really? Okay. Fact. Yep. And he tweeted about it. He's like, wait, I'm playing hockey now? What? It was very funny uh who else was on that original team Man, that original vegas team like you said it was probably the worst team that vegas has iced to this point right you don't have mark stone you don't have max Pacioretty, you no, don't have spe- alex petrangelo like that original That's, vegas team
1: yeah th- i mean but that speaks to what they've built from the original year because i think as, as soon as the, the the biggest thing for vegas the first year they were in existence was not that it was like the bunch of misfits that decided we're going to play for each other and play with a chip on our shoulder and make a run. It was that as that happened, I mean it, like you have to go all the way back to the very beginning of October, their first year in existence. They hadn't even played a game yet. And the yeah. city goes through a tragedy and now they have to be community representatives like, now too. That's like, now fair. now you have to be there for your community. So now they build a bond with the community. That means people are showing up. And now the team's good. So now the team's good and people start showing up and now all these other teams around the league or all these other players around the league are going I wouldn't mind playing there. Like uh, getting see, traded but, there isn't the worst thing in the world. Like,
0: here's the hole in that logic: is that they pre-sold all their season tickets two years before that shooting happened, so like, they, they already had all the hype. They they put the good team. But you're on not going to tell and,
1: but you're not going to tell me that didn't add resale. Oh, it value. certainly
0: did, especially when, especially, especially for a tourist. When, well, right, especially when you put so much so much of your PR into Derek England being your first choice. And he's a Las Vegas guy. And, you know, if they had won the cup that year, he definitely would have been the one who got it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, they didn't
1: even have a captain year one.
0: They didn't have a captain year one. They, they rocked the, uh, the four A's or the three A's
1: right now. So, but bottom line being, it wasn't just the fact, like, I, I understand what you're saying with the whole community aspect. Like the, the thing I think I'm referring to when it comes to showing that it worked was, Once you got to the playoffs and literally it's every pregame, we're going to televise every pregames
0: were so good.
1: And then all of a sudden everybody saw, look what happens when everything that we perceive about Vegas comes together with hockey. And now look like it's there's a show before the game starts.
0: Yep. It was amazing. And.
1: And we just were fascinated by this. Look at what they're doing and look at the production value of this and look at what it can. Imagine what it like. Beyond imagine how this, it's going to
0: be when Jerry Breckheimer is running the show.
1: Well, not even that, but it's like, imagine what it could be in five years when they build even more. But this is year one. Right. And when it's, they it's have already history. A, and it's already a spectacular. What What's going to happen when they actually have right history? What's right? going
0: to happen when they retire Marc-Andre Fleury's number? Because, you know, that's the first number hitting the rafters.
1: That'd be interesting. I don't. I don't know for sure. like, you know what? It's it's weird because it's uh, it, there hasn't been many teams. Like, there's not like, many fresh
0: slates when it comes to retired well, even, numbers.
1: Even down to like, see now you're gonna make me check because I want to check the most recent expansion teams prior to this. Even Minnesota
0: to and Columbus.
1: Columbus has not retired a number yet, I don't no. think.
0: Minnesota they did that stupid thing where they retired one for the fans or whatever, but I don't think they I don't know if they've actually retired any numbers for players.
1: Min Oh wait, I'm sorry. That that doesn't count, does it? What? Because it, this is the list of retired numbers around oh, the league. Oh, Minnesota
0: picked up all the Minnesota North Star numbers, didn't they?
1: No, 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 no. it listed Mike Medano as the next one on the list, but it says it still says Dallas Stars, so this is a list of everybody around the league.
0: Oh, okay. Not okay. I was going to say, did the Minnesota Wild retire Mike Modano's number even though he never played for them? Because that would be uh, bold. No, they have not. <laughs> okay. The,
1: the Minnesota Wild have retired, as you said, Minnesota Wild fans and number one. Number on one literally, whatever. I which, guess literally um, the day of the, their existence.
0: Right. Stop. Like, listen, I get it. It's cute. But stop. Just stop. <laughs>
1: like, what I'm trying to get at is, is that, like, has Nashville had a player that you go, we've retired his number. Because uh, David Leguan. <laughs> no, no. Okay. No, here's the thing it's coming
0: if, Nash, the, if the, he's probably the first one going for them
1: no you know who's gonna i'll tell you who's gonna be first this is it's an it's a layup 35 five's gone pecorino is gonna get his number oh yeah Nash. that's fair
0: yeah I, I was trying to think if there's anybody else who might slip in ahead of time and it was just not um right yeah you're I right like, but Pecor- i don't like pecorino they'll they'll hang it up the day he retires They'll they'll hang it up the day he plays his last All game. Right, they'll is, put the banner this is out fair. for him.
1: Here's I, when I typed in Nashville Predators retired numbers. They clearly do not have. Okay, so in fairness, every team has retired ninety nine hey, sure. wide, but th- but th- like they point out, like being such a young franchise, they have not retired. And this is from March of last year. So, like, unless something magically changed during the bubble runs uh, and they this decided past to put season, Zach
0: Parise in there.
1: Well, for, no, this is for Nashville now.
0: Oh, Nashville. Okay,
1: but. This literally writes the article as, here are six players who should be among the first to have their numbers retired okay. when the time rolls around. Not a, Okay, so not a bad selection. Shea Weber could be one because on, he played there for Eden Player for a long time.
0: Yeah. Um, I, like, I don't so think he gets the nod, but like I definitely get why he's a name on the article for sure.
1: Um, this mentions Philip Forsberg, but see, it's too soon to tell with guys like that,
0: right? He's got five, minimum now, five years. Six. Ironically
1: enough, it. you're right. David Leguan is on this list.
0: I know he was he their already, first captain, right?
1: He was the first predator. He was the first player drafted. Right.
0: He was the first predator. I think they named him captain. Like it makes a lot of sense. Like I don't. Okay, I'm
1: sorry. He was okay. So he was considered. Wait a minute. Is, did they do this afterwards? Because like I guess they drafted him in the NHL draft first. Oh, did they? He was he was the second overall pick. They might in have done the expansion
0: draft after the draft. Right.
1: That's what I'm saying. So it might have been that case. Um, but anyway, he's the apparently you know, he's the original. He's played the most games in franchise history yep. at nine fifty six, which is, is he still their
0: franchise scoring leader? Yes. Yep. I think when you're talking about retiring numbers, guys who have a role oh, okay. in the foundation of your team. Deserve a spot, fair. and that's, and, so, and that's so, so, okay, David Legwand, and that's marc Andre Fleury in Vegas.
1: Okay, so here's the thing: so Pecarina is is obviously on this list, and I don't think there's any doubt he will get his number retired. He's got such a history there; he's been there for feels like forever, right? He was picked eighth eighth round back when there were more than seven rounds. Eighth round in two thousand four. He,
0: he was picked in a round that doesn't exist anymore,
1: right? Uh, franchise leader with three hundred fifty nine wins and fifty eight shutouts. Like I think oh, those a numbers, lock. yeah.
0: Oh, it's You're, an absolute stone cold lock. Like right. I said, if he and, decides that next year he's retiring, they'll hang it up the last day of the season. Like Okay, and,
1: uh, and again, and again, done. here here's one that's a little too soon to tell, but he's got a good foundation for it. Ryan Johansson. Ro- Roman Yossi.
0: Oh, Roman Yossi. Okay.
1: He's got a good foundation for it. He debuted in two thousand eleven, so he's got ten years of time he's with been the around. team, eighth on the franchise's goal scoring list as a defenseman, and third on the franchise list with assists at three oh four. Like there's and a not a
0: huge, lot of- huge part of that 2017 round.
1: Sure, exactly. Huge. But here's an interesting name that I saw that I think ties into some of the conversation we could be having. That uh, I think is fair.
0: Is it Seth Jones? No, it's Kimo Timonen. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, Chemo Timonen, That's fair. And
1: that fits your description because I think he is part of the foundation of establishing a team that's been that, that has now succeeded. I think he was- Kimo- Kimo
0: Timonen was a big part of taking the Nashville Predators from crappy expansion team to like actual NHL franchise with a shot at making the playoffs. Yep. Yep. I think Kimo Timonen deserves a huge spot on that list. I don't know if it's Jersey retirement number. You'd have to ask a Nashville Predators fan. But I'm certainly willing to. Yeah, absolutely.
1: He's eighth in games played, and basically, like
0: a lot, like this.
1: Article even says he'd have an even stronger case if he th- than he already does if he wasn't traded away in his early
0: 30s. If he didn't go to the here. Flyers, yeah.
1: The irony is, is like the irony of that is is that he has the same number of years with the Preds as he does with the Flyers, the,
0: the, they were the just key, better years with the Predators.
1: Well, it's not that, it's the key is that when like. As a flyer, it's not going to rank up there like that because a lot of people have long experience that don't get their number retired. The yeah. Preds don't have a foundation like that yet. So when you're one of the first superstars of a team's of a franchise,
0: you might get yeah, you might a retirement here. You
1: might get there. Exactly. Like, I agree. Big difference. But I don't so, think any uh, like in fairness, I don't think any of these like. But OK, so this is the point I was trying to make because you're trying to put Marc-Andre Fleury's number in the rafters in Vegas already. I don't think that you do that necessarily when there are teams that have been in existence for 20 years that don't have a number retired yet because they ha- they're they still working on that, that guy. Whoever yeah. that guy is who hangs around long enough that you go, he's been – like how but long wh- did it take before, say, the Ottawa Senators retired Daniel Alfredson's yeah, number? Because- how,
0: how long did it take for the Ottawa Senators to make the playoffs once they became a franchise?
1: I get what you're saying, but what I'm trying to get at is that like the guy played – 15 years of his career with a team and then after he retires you go oh well now that the franchise is 20 years old we absolutely should retire his number because that's, that's the
0: foundation of it like I almost like, but, like I'm for wondering for a long time who is Minnesota supposed to retire Andrew Burnett I'm trying to think of who you
1: could say was like one of their true it's going to co- be a
0: it's going to be a co- it's going to be Miko Coivo, Yeah I'm that's sure. a good one Miko
1: Koivu like, is a good one
0: yeah it, I, that's probably the answer um But it's the whole Jersey retirement thing is weird, especially when you we're talking about these like blank slates, right? Because you don't just have it full Uh, of guys uh, from the 70s.
1: Well, and here's the thing. Think about it. Columbus probably doesn't have one either yet. And at least they're built. At least they've also, again, built something along the lines of
0: Oh, they have to get somebody to sign a contract to stay there first.
1: Well, well, and and speaking of Columbus, by the way, I feel like we should make mention of the uh, tragedy there, too.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Mattis, you,
1: Mattis Kiv Lennox.
0: Yeah, that's that's a tough situation. Um, it's a, it, was just, our... it, was,
1: it was just shocking because I like I remember the injury struggles that Columbus had all of 18 months ago. Last February. Yep. And they're playing a game where they're not they're actually to an extent outplaying the Flyers. They're out shooting them something like thirty to fifteen. Certainly. Or or whatever it was. But the Flyers end up scoring five goals. And by the time they scored the fourth one, and it was fluky by that point, they pull Elvis Merzlikens and in comes this kid who we'd never heard of before. He's relatively new, he's young, and here's Mattis gonna make maybe his third NHL appearance ever. Yeah. And it I was, I was at this game. It was really weird for me to hear like that this happened and realize like I'm like, I know I saw this kid play in a game. And, yeah. I, I, and I know he doesn't have a lot of NHL experience, but I saw this kid play in a game.
0: Yeah. And I, it's and I, it's certainly, and I shame. went
1: back to go look and sure enough, there, wh- there it was. He plays like the last 15 minutes of the third period of a game, even allowed a goal in that game. Uh, yeah. Cause it, it was that kind of fluky night for r-
0: truthfully. It was that kind of
1: fluky night for the flyers where everything seemed to be going into the net, no matter how it looked. I mean, they were banking it in off of people like,
0: yeah, I definitely was at that game. I'm pretty sure. So, uh,
1: yeah. But like that's that's the type of stuff though for a young franchise anyway that makes and he had, look he, did he have a long history? No, but if if his future was bright, it's like it's like the like the unofficial official retirement, right? Like it's like Pelly yep. Lindbergh all over again. Limberg would won a Vesna. So they I'm not were, trying to you they know they were about had, to
0: trade Corpusalo or Merzlikens to make room for Kiv Lennox on the roster. Like they, I, they I I actually think about it was
1: it. it wasn't even that. They they basically played the whole thing out. And Corpusallo isn't Corpusallo a free agent?
0: No, um, no they're going to trade. They they've been talking about the fact that they're going to trade one of the two uh, for a while. I, I'm not sure if Corpusallo might still be an RFA.
1: Oh, maybe that's it then. Maybe he's an yeah. RFA, and they're you know there's going to be some. No. Stuff. Now I'm looking him up because. But yeah, basically, uh, basically the bottom line was is that I believe the story was that Corpusallo was probably the one who was on the way out. Okay, and.
0: It was going to be Merzlikens. And, and Merzlikens
1: and was going to be the go-to. And then Kiv, Lennox Kiv Lennox was going to be the guy up. who was going to follow.
0: And, and he was like the young kid up and coming. Kind of felt like a Caden Primo situation in Montreal okay, type he's, of thing.
1: Corpusallo is a prime trade candidate because he's going into the last year of his contract. Right. He's proven that he can start a decent number of games. He only has a $2.8 million cap hit, which is not too over the top for a lot of teams. They, and then he's And then he's a UFA after that.
0: Yeah, if they end up trading him, he's gonna be a great piece somewhere yeah, as a, so a solid I, little secondary backup. But yeah, um,
1: but it was it was just rough to wake up and read yeah, it. You know what definitely. I mean? Like that's that's the thing. It was rough to wake up and read it, and then hear not not only twenty four
0: years old tragic accident, right, and,
1: then not, and then not only to hear what happened. You know, and, and there's how not, it and, well, well uh, there's not a lot on the how other than like the very basics of it. No, what I'm saying, what I'm actually saying is, is that like, OK, so Columbus just changed coaches this offseason. Now, Brad Larson's the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who he's, he was an assistant for a long time. Now he's in the head coaching spot. They interviewed they kind of interviewed from within, and it makes a lot of sense that that's where they stuck with. I mean, it was is it the is it going to be the I to say the most popular choice. It's probably popular among the players in that room because they know him. Was it going to be the most attractive pick when you thought about the names out there? Like it still blows my mind, like going back to the hacksaw thing in Seattle. It still blows my mind that Rick Tockett's not a head coach somewhere, you know that he was out there, and right. he's not a head coach. I'm not shocked that certain teams stayed within like like we we all know eventually that Montreal's going to just drop the interim tag from do and say you're you're it, you're going yeah, to, and they're they're got...
0: in talks about it that day and it was kind of, and it,
1: and yeah. I do really think that truthfully for Buffalo, as much as there's a lot of things that you know we can argue they do right or that they, you know, whatever. I think they made the right call with dropping the interim tag from Granado and saying, yeah. you're the coach that they bought in with him a lot more than they had earlier. So I think he, you made the right call.
0: He is at least the guy to get them through the worst of it. So like, it's, I, it's, I don't it's know. Not like, yeah, I don't so know if he's the guy that is the coach when they're turned around and a playoff team, if that's ever going to exactly. happen in Buffalo, <laughs> as long as the Pakula's are owning it. Uh, but as far as a team at the bottom, Don Granato is not a bad choice at this point. Uh, by the way, one more note on, uh, uh Columbus retired numbers. It's just going to be Rick Nash.
1: Well, it, sure. It will be eventually. It's, I would, I would it's say, gonna be Rick but Nash. I want, but I'm saying, I wonder if like for a while, a long while, and it's not even that it's like a common number typically, but I wonder if you don't see a lot. Like, I don't know if you'll see 80 for a long time in Columbus.
0: I, I agree. Because I, I because it, w-
1: when something happens and the impact is this felt, it stays with you for a long time. It I, sticks
0: with it. It puts a footprint on the organization, right? And it never really goes away. Um, while we're talking about Columbus, now would be a good time to discuss the Seth Jones conversation. So, sure, uh, if you've been following Flyer social media, uh, Flyer social media is convinced that the Flyers are acquiring Seth Jones or at least were for a while. Uh, One year left, expiring UFA has made it very clear that he wants to test the market, more than likely. Uh, Apparently, there are a couple of places he's willing to sign. Generally speaking, he's kind of looking at going, being a rental for a year somewhere and then hitting the market. Um, What would you give up for Seth Jones if you don't think you're signing him? If you don't think you're signing him, and I know that that brings the price down low enough that Columbus probably doesn't say yes. I wouldn't.
1: All right, so that that depends. What What are you, you telling? You, all right. Do you, what, you give what, up what, Phil what, Myers in a first? No. Okay. I can't give. I can't give up a current player that I think has that has value of some capacity.
0: Do you give he, up Cam York straight up? No. Okay. And I, I think for up. me, I, if I don't if, know if, if Columbus if a, says yes to that, so I think if, we're looking at if he's a no if he, deal. If he's a, if he's a rental, right. <laughs> First and a third. Okay, you would give up a first and a third. You think he makes the team good enough that that first round pick doesn't come back and bite you?
1: It's not that. It's if I'm going to trade for him for a year, then I've got to think the way that a playoff team would. And I, I I'm I'm being broad with this because like I'm saying, like like if if you were the Tampa Bay Lightning and you wanted to get this guy for the for half of a year, if that two months and a playoff run, right? Then it might cost you two two draft picks to do it, right? But you're willing to do it because you go, okay, that could be like. In the Flyers case, the only way to do this is to make sure, like, the last thing, like, I, I know that the story, the, the report with 31 thoughts and all that stuff was that they've been heavily involved in talks around Seth Jones, but if he's not willing to sign, then they're They're, less interested. they're straying away from it. And I right. think that that's the right move because in my mind, the way that you get Chuck Fletcher trigger happy with any move that you're going to make is by getting a guy who does not become, let's put it this way, in hindsight, in, in the pre-COVID world that we were living in, in the 2019 off-season, yeah. when you go out and you trade Radko Gudis in a pick to get Matt, Matt Niskanen, Niskanen. In, and you get yeah. two, trade two picks to get Justin Braun, and Justin Braun probably wasn't even factoring into the thought for last season if no. Matt Niskanen doesn't retire. But you're you're getting a guy who has two years left on his contract, and then you were going to kind of go with, where does it go from here? and And assuming everything kind of stays as normal as possible in that world and and you play out the rest of the run the way that it was and there isn't a bubble and, you know, whatever happens, happens and then you have a normal season with 82 games this year and a normal playoff run. If Matt Niskanen's around and he continues to play at the level he had that first year, do you you know do you look into re-signing him on a more team friendly deal? Do, do you do you wonder if he's interested in staying put in the first place too? I mean, I think what, at that point
0: I, Matt Niskanen was probably looking at retiring at the end of that little 2-year deal. He might, be, though. but
1: he was only 34 at that point. So I don't know if it's over per se. Like I think a lot of it had to do with what we It's just a
0: long 34 though. A lot of playoff games.
1: It was, but here's where I'm getting at with that. Like I think the desire was definitely still there throughout that year. I think the bubble was what changed things. And it's I, agree. I don't know if I don't know if I want to play like this anymore. I think I'd rather just go home.
0: I just want to go hang out with my kids. And you know and, what? And we said at the time, no one to this day, nobody on this show is going to fault him for and that.
1: By all accounts, he's loving every minute of it because he's just doing what he wants to do. It's and his good heart. for him. Yep. Right. But I think that in the back of your mind, if you're Chuck Fletcher, if you're the team that knows what the that, how big of a hole this was and knows that you didn't really address it the right way in last offseason for you know for a variety of reasons, there was it the price tag to do it was going to be high. There wasn't really a guy free agency wise that was going to completely fill that void. You know, like you were always going to like there There was no there was no Matt Niskanen replacement in terms of carbon copy playing style on the free agent market. Right. You kind of had to go out and trade for it. You, you couldn't
0: really get Alex to Petrangelo to sign with you.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, well, exactly. But beyond that. So if that's the case, I think in the back of your mind, the reason that you're so turned off by the fact that he would only like, OK, he would get traded here but it would be a one year and then you'd have to try to sign him after the fact. And it might like, who knows what kind of year you're going to have to have and what kind of year he's going to have to have to feel like you'd want to. I just don't think you're going to be trigger happy on any deal. If that's what the risk is now, you could look there. You've got to balance it because to some end it's worth the risk. You need to go and get a key defenseman. So in that element, it might be worth the risk. If the price is not overly high, Then maybe you take the chance and say, you know what? Hopefully we sign this guy long term. But if not, you have to assume that whatever you give up. And that's why that's why I like my my thing is that my thing is that's why when you ask me what I would do for a rental, I have to think like a team that doesn't worry about what their draft picks are or where their draft picks are going and go, then I'm giving up two picks and I'm walking (sighs) away after that
0: because the problem the problem with that is after the team we just watched play for fifty six games this year,
1: which is why you may bite the bullet and assume the risk.
0: I don't know if they're Seth Jones away from a playoff berth. They were oh, that they're bad. They're not. So well, right. They're right. And at that not. point, you're giving away a lottery first round pick if you're not careful.
1: I'm not giving up. Like, like the problem I have is, and and again, I know that there's people who go like who will say, well, you might have to include these guys. I'm not hesitant to include a Morgan Frost or potentially a Cam York in a deal if it gets me a long-term
0: piece, which can't be for a rental,
1: right? Like for, here's a, for example, okay. If I have to package a current player who makes a decent amount of money with a Morgan Frost, with a first round pick, because that's the deal that it takes to get Johnny Gaudreau from Calgary. And then he's going to sign with me. Then I'm willing to assume the risk because then I'm not going to think about what Morgan Frost could become because I got a player who I'm going to have for five years as well. All right, you, you know ready? what I mean?
0: Travis Sanheim, mm-hmm. Travis Konechny, Nolan Patrick, and a first-round pick for Jack Eichel.
1: It doesn't get it done.
0: You don't think that gets it done? Really?
1: No, because—
0: I, I disagree. Th- Buffalo needs bodies bad.
1: I don't think—because I don't think Nolan Patrick is viewed as a valuable asset by teams. So I think now you're giving up Travis Sanheim and Travis Konechny. I don't think the Flyers would even entertain the idea of giving up both in the deal. That's fair. I'm not necessarily saying they should. I'm not I, opposed. You know. Here's the thing. I'm I cringed more when you mentioned Sandheim than when you mentioned Connectney.
0: I yeah. I because agree. I think, I think because he's because a more expensive piece. I
1: think, because I think down the line Sandheim's the piece that you're going to need more in the long term. I'm not well, saying I mean, you, do, you I just have I, fewer defensemen. I don't I don't want to give up a Connectney either, but I'm saying that if that's what it takes to get something significant done, I don't look I don't turn away. Okay. That's fair. I, I'm careful about it, but I don't turn away and say I'm that attached to him right about now. The only player I would be that attached to it forward outside of like the obvious, like with the no move clauses or like a Sean Couturier oh. is Joel Faraby.
0: Yeah. I knew that's what you were saying there. And but, I love but because
1: it because I, I can't turn away from the fact that in a year when everybody else can sit there and go, it's a COVID year. It wasn't that great. You couldn't go do this. You couldn't go do that. Really solid he had a great year. year. He yep. had a great year. Yep. And And he's twenty, and
0: most nights he was the only player who looked like he cared.
1: Or twenty, what twenty, twenty-one years old. Like, then what's he going to be when he's twenty-six? I'm not willing to assume. I'm not willing to assume that risk. I can't wait. Like, like the issue with the, the reason that I don't really like the reason that I at least sit there and say you're not making me turn away with Konechny is because of the fact that I sit there and I go, I've seen a really, I've seen a great series of years, and then this year felt different. Right. And and now I start to wonder what's going to happen. You know, what kind of years are you going to get down the road? Like you have like he almost is in need of a bounce back year because of the fact and a lot of them are like it's not to say like half the team could use a bounce back year. But he really three is three quarters. Need of, right. But he's really in need of one because of the fact that you like I I don't want to part ways with him because of the fact that I sit there and I go. He's on a relatively team friendly deal for a long time. And assuming and he average, shows back up. And had scored 24 goals in each of the previous three seasons, one of which was cut short. Like I'm not fearing his potential to score goals. I agree. I just I just worry now because of the fact that I think that when we what we saw the one year was 24 over 50, 60 something games, not not half bad. Whatever I don't even know what the number was this year. It was like 11 or 12, right? Over I think 50. Travis Konechny
0: was a player that struggled a lot more than other players with the isolation. Nature, nature of the season. I don't doubt that. I right? we heard we heard about guys suffering from kind of that lack of hangout time, team dinners, et cetera. Et cetera. I, I think Travis Konechny is a guy who thrives on the energy of his teammates.
1: Right now, I mean, uh, here's the, and here is the thing: yeah. he had he had eleven over fifty. Okay, eleven over fifty. When you've had
0: two, like not atrocious,
1: like, right? Well, because again, when when you've had twenty four over eighty one and eighty two game seasons early on, and then had twenty four over sixty six, like here comes the big step. It's certainly 11, below pace. 11 over 50 is a below pace on an 82 game season, but it's still probably a 20 goal pace. Eh, 17 or 18 for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm give, I'm saying over the course of an 82 game season, I'm giving right. him 32 more games. Yeah. And he, and he did miss time miss time with COVID. So, right. I'm not like My my point is is that he, even his career high numbers the year before was 61 points in 66 games. And even if that's not realistic from him all the time, like the other numbers are forty 47 and 49. Well, right. after 50 games and 32 more or 31 more or whatever he was able to play, he was going to hit 50. Right. He was going to get 16 more points.
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: So he's still that like if and if that's what he is, like it's hard to part ways with a guy who gives you 20 and 50 a year.
0: Well, speaking of players who we might be parting with that give you 20 and 50 a year, we also heard some rumors about Jake Voracek. And the big rumor, kind of uh, hit on by Elliot Friedman in the latest Thirty One Thoughts, is that the Flyers are. The, the, uh,
1: the wording was God, without any, yeah. without any animosity towards. That's it. not the word they used. It's he said it's it's not acrimonious, which means for you know for people who may look at that and go that's kind of a big word. Because believe me, I understand that there are people who use very fancy words sometimes in their descriptions. It just means that there's not any hatred going around right now with this. It's just been discussed. It doesn't mean that something's definitively happening. It also does not mean that it's out of the question. Like, he's far from protected.
0: But it certainly seems as though the Flyers are willing to move on, and Jake's not necessarily fighting them on it. And I'm not, again, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth. I'm not, you know. But it seems as though there's a solid... To likely chance somewhere in between there that jake voracek's time in a flyers uniform has come to an end
1: i i think what you're seeing at least at least this is the names that i feel like i hear the most about regularly and it doesn't mean that i have anything on any of them i just feel like these are the names that keep coming up in discussions conversations people that we think are going to go wherever
0: that's all the names we think
1: right but there's a common thread between them now jake voracek's name's legitimately thrown around like right now, the idea that he could be potentially moved is out there. It's
0: tangible. Like Elliot, right. like we said earlier, if Elliot Friedman says something in thirty-one thoughts, it's because he knows for a but, fact but, uh, but someone think, is talking about it.
1: But him. I think the re like the reason that it, that this is significant is because it, it's gone. Like this is not every other off season that we typically have these conversations where you go, "Well, they could move on from Jake check It would probably be time." Like now, this is real. We have news, an expansion right. draft there's, on the
0: horizon. Not only and that, we have tan- a lot of team it, but like, there's
1: tangible news out there. There's a tangible item out that says it's been discussed at the very least like and not only has it been discussed but it brings up part of the seattle expansion and if not then they'll look elsewhere to try well then that means you're trying to move the deal right yep. that's what it sounds like that means you're looking to move, looking the to move contract.
0: Contract. them you're so, making right, calls
1: that's one that's one uh, james van Ream's, like name keep coming up because for the same reason it's oh, a right. big contract i do think that it, contrary to jake voracek and it's not to say jake voracek doesn't offer value but i think that like like i don't think james van Reemsek's value could be any higher than it
0: was after this year with the way in terms of his, his contract right. right like he like, is in, as close to like, matching his money as he's ever going to be
1: the production you got is about as good as i think you're going to get from here on out in a spot where you could actually try to move the deal so i think that that's where you're at with that yeah i i think that shane gostisbear has a deal that is not terrible to move in terms of what he could give you as a power play specialist. I think there's teams out there that could sit there and go, we could use a guy who just plays third-pairing power play minutes, and what if he produces, as a defenseman, 45 points in a year? I then think it's a movable value.
0: deal for a movable piece.
1: I think that, if, if nothing else, I think that that is the most likely of the three names I just mentioned to go to Seattle. I agree. That, and I, I, I don't know that it's going to be. I, I'm just saying, of those three, that's the most likely to go to Seattle.
0: Yeah. And I think we've kind of talked for a while about the Seattle draft and we've talked about the fact that we were hoping, whatever, that the Flyers would kind of be in a position to, to do move an asset like that, yeah. and get one of these pieces out the door. Uh, I'm not sure you have to do that with James Van Reems like, at this point, because here's the thing is I, I went through the protection thing on uh, on cap friendly, did a little mock protection list. OK, I'm not worried about who they take. Here's the thing, if they take Jake Voratek or James Van Riemsdyk or Shane Gostaspeer, then you're losing a quality player, but you're freeing up some cap space. Are you, they worried, don't
1: take... are you worried about losing somebody who doesn't have a high cap hit?
0: Because no. Because it's Nico Bay Kubel or Tanner Lezinski or like there's not a ton of huge names that I'm worried about losing I don't in think the it, bottom half of the line. I don't think I don't think it can be Tanner Lezinski, can it? I, I don't think so either, but uh, it's He's
1: to an experience. He doesn't have the experience right. level needed. But but I, I like it, the name I keep hearing is like you're right, a Nick Opecubell or a Robert Haig.
0: Right. Like we lost uh, Pierre Edward Belmar to Vegas. I think we're kind of in a similar position where you're either you're either losing a player who's not going to kill you or you're weird, losing an 8 million dollar contract.
1: The weird thing about it was is and Vegas drafted what it would have been after the 17 season going right. so going into 18 so so after the 2016 17 season of which the Flyers missed the playoffs that year actually okay. but but the funny but here's the thing
0: well right it was an odd numbered year of course they did
1: <laughs> but here's uh, you're right but here's the thing it was as if okay Belmar was a good little player but that's not as heartbreaking as it could have been because everybody didn't want it to be a Giroux or a Voracek or a whatever, sure. like, and some most, most of those guys were protected. I get it, but I'm saying nobody wanted it to be a big name or anybody who crossed who just barely crossed the threshold, right? Right. Like, don't let it be one. It can't be one of these kids. One of the big kids, these, right? Right. Like,
0: there almost Couldn't wasn't be a Travis connectney I don't think he was but, eligible, but like, right. Yeah. So that
1: that's why I'm saying, like, it was almost like as if there wasn't this fear because of the fact that everybody who was in the top six that you would have wanted to keep was going to be protected. Everybody who was new that you were like well they they're exempt they don't even need to be protected. Right. You kind of almost had the whole thing figured out. Yep. And there wasn't this great fear. Like now all of a sudden there's like this sense of they need it to be a big contract because like and I'm not like not that like we're, we're trying to will it into existence. Like the point is is that like the hope is if it's a big contract that somebody says we're legitimately taking the whole thing, so if it's Jake Voracek's eight million dollars, just clean the or JVR's seven million, or even Shane Gosses bears four and a half million, you're getting something back that makes you go, okay, now I got some money to play with. I right. can sign somebody for that. It may not be the number one defenseman you're looking for, or your top pairing defenseman you're looking for, because I don't think you can do that on Shane Gosses bears four and a half million. I agree, but on four and a half million, you know what you can do? You can go out and sign a. Pretty decent three C and a backup goalie, or yep. partially do that,
0: and like a really solid third pairing defender. Just I don't know if he, to,
1: like, can do all of that with the four and a half million. But what I'm getting at is getting that, there. yeah, but that's what I'm getting at. Like, what I'm getting at is that with the four and a half million, you sign a backup goalie and a three C, or a backup goalie and a third defenseman, or something like you open up the money to be able to do it. Because I, I legit think that you can get two really good quality players. Like you can get a good depth forward, and you can get a backup goalie the money that you would get from Shane Bears contract and not re-signing Brian Elliott. I agree. Like, that is upwards of $6 million, and I think that's enough to get quality in those two areas.
0: Yeah, but I know. I know Chuck's but, talking to Seattle and going, hey, don't you on. want this $8 well,
1: million? It, well, right, because, because at the end of the day, it does not solve your biggest need, and that's what they're thinking of. Biggest need is back-end support. You yeah. need to make... If nothing else, you still don't have a goalie problem. Like You need to get a goaltender who can spot Carter Hart more often right. than Brian Elliott can. Worst
0: because, case scenario, if you end up with Brian Elliott, it's not the end of the world. It's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world.
1: I personally I think it's time to move on in that regard. I, I don't but, disagree with you there. But... You're right. If if that's what they end up going back to, it's not the end of the world, but it's not. The, but did and you know, Brian like,
0: Elliott's going to sign a one year, one or two right. year deal at an AAV under one point five, and everyone's I would gonna argue, be happy I would
1: even it. argue, it's going to be a one. It's going to be a straight I, up one maybe. year deal, maybe a million bucks, and they keep him around because he likes the area,
0: because his kids go to whatever middle school, right? And he's
1: having a third kid l- this summer, so like, oh, good for them. I didn't even know that.
0: Congratulations. They did that
1: he, one of his last games. Okay. It wasn't the last? I don't think it was the last. No, maybe it was the last game of the year,
0: okay. because
1: when they played Jersey, all those times, more times <sighs> than you can imagine, I have attempted one of them to was, scrub
0: this entire season from my memory.
1: One of them was his 500th game, though, and in the messages that he got, like his, I think, or no, 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 I'm sorry, it wasn't that. It was over Father's Day. When Father's uh, okay. Day passed, they had a couple of the players' wives send messages. Like and it was like a lot of them were the ones that just had kids, so like it was like Sean Couturier's wife and James Van ex wife and all that type of stuff. I'm sure Brian's Ell... wife, right? No, Claude's wife wasn't. Oh, really? Okay. But Claude's wife is expecting also, so that's right. you know, that's and valid. and they're pretty close at this point. I think like it's next month. Um, another yeah, another August baby. I think that's also when their first kid was born in August. Um, beside the point though, Brian Elliott's wife was on this video and used this as an opportunity to mention to I guess the rest of the world. I'm sure he knew by then, but. To mention to the rest of the world that oh yeah
0: uh, another son is on the way nice that's awesome so, i missed that one so all right so i think that just about exhausts us for uh for flyers rumors uh, I, I
1: think so i mean look the jake the, the cool thing about the rumors at this point is that the jake voracek one is more legitimate now than it has ever been
0: we I have smoke very... and also fire yeah
1: i well and i think at this point you're you're thinking that the, the goal, it sounds like to me, is not necessarily just about who you're trying to get. The goal seems to be very clear, whether it happens at expansion or does not, that the goal is to move a big contract. To
0: free up some money. To yep. open
1: up cap space, to change the look of this team. It's not going to change the look completely. Like You're still riding with Claude Giroux. Carter Hart's going to be your goalie. Defensively, you're going to have... Ivan Provorov and Tra- I, I and I assume Travis Sandheim. I don't think there's desire to move on from him. Phil Myers' name has come up a couple times.
0: Uh, too many times for my personal liking.
1: I just don't want to give—I wouldn't give him away for free.
0: I don't want to trade a defenseman to help make the defense better. That sounds counterintuitive to me.
1: No, okay, but here— uh,
0: <laughs> Well, just in general. Like, I've heard people talking about Phil Myers in a deal for Seth Jones. Phil Myers in a deal to get whoever, like— why are we trading a defenseman away to help get a defenseman? The funny,
1: the funny part to me, and this goes back to what I was saying about some of the defensemen they've had in the past, is okay. Maybe Seth Jones is not the answer a, a, on your top pairing. Maybe he doesn't play. Maybe he doesn't play with Ivan Provorov. Right. You know, in the long run. But is but if he's on your second pairing, is it better than a lot of what you've had over the years? I'd say so. I just don't. I just don't know how. I I don't know. I want to be spending the money that he's going to want uh, on a second pairing defenseman. But I'm right. saying like you shouldn't go into this going, gee, I don't think he's a I don't think he's a top bearing defenseman and then worrying about whether or not he fits on the team at all. Like he would fit on the team because he's better than a lot of what you've had in the bottom three of this group.
0: Right. If he's your first right. Totally. If he's
1: if he becomes your number three down the road, I don't think you're complaining. And no, that, totally. And that's to assume, And look, and that's assuming also on top of everything else. Like you got to look at who's around. Still, I think Provrov and Sanheim stay. There's clearly a desire to get Cam York at, on this team as soon as possible. As soon as say, possible. You know, and and to let him play. And I don't think he played bad in the few games he got at the end of the year. So I think he's poised to try to make this team. I don't know if he's definitively going to make it, but I think he's poised to try.
0: If they don't add anybody, I think there's a real chance that he's on the opening night roster. I
1: don't. I also don't think that it. I don't think it's awful if Shane Bear is on this team next year. I agree with you. I don't think it's awful. I think the contract is a little bit rough for what his role should be, but I don't think it's awful from a like role person. Like you just can't play him on the top. You can't play him in the top 4. That's pretty simple.
0: Right. Now, and and here's the problem is with the god awful garbage team we saw last season. It sure sounds like you want to bring a lot of guys back. There's got to be something no, 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 over, no. Right? I don't
1: I don't though because I'm sitting here saying like See, as as I mention all those names, but you want to add a Seth Jones or a Dougie Hamilton or whatever, then I'm one. Then I'm sitting there going, I don't see how Phil Myers fits into this equation. I might have to use him to get somebody. And you know I, what? And That's I,
0: fair. And as
1: That's I fair. and as I said before, with guys like a lot of guys, like I'm sitting here saying Shane Bear, I don't have a problem with on this team in the role that they finally found to utilize him, third pairing power play specialist. That's right. what he is.
0: If you have the luxury to do that, right? It's if great. you have the luxury
1: to do it, then do it. But bottom line is, is that like maybe Phil Myers at the at best is a third pairing guy. He was undrafted. Maybe there's a reason why now. He, he, maybe he doesn't just vault to number one defenseman because it's fair because the potential said he could have been. Maybe what he is is a third pairing guy. Maybe he maybe he's not even a long term. He's not a fit for this team. Who knows? Maybe that's true. Like, you can't, like, I'm not sitting here saying I want to bring a bunch of guys back. Maybe, like, because actually what I want to do is I want to get a top pair, like, I'd want to get a top pairing defenseman who plays with Provrov, who steadies him out, then find the right fit to play with Sanheim and make the third pairing round the whole thing out Whether no matter who it is. And again, I look, I'm, like, trust me, what I'm saying is, is that I'm, like, I'm not heartbroken either way when it comes to Shane Goss Bear. My right. thing with Goss Bear is if he goes, he goes, and I'm not worried about it, then someone's probably taking the contract. If he stays... I know what his role is after all these years, and I know he can be modestly successful because he did give you offensive numbers in that role. Yeah. like Yeah, you're not wrong. He's giving you offensive numbers, and there are a lot of guys out there who play in the league who are offensive-minded defensemen who do the same thing. Right. If you fill the, other, if you fill the void with the other areas, which there's a lot of them, if, but if you fill the other voids...
0: That's you, a role that can be filled.
1: And right. you've got something. But if realistically, if it comes down to there's too much to fill then getting rid of him makes sense. Like, having him move on makes sense. It's $4.5 million. You'd be crazy not to think that way. Right. But I'm not heartbroken either way. I look at it like the, the contract, type of contract that needs to be moved from a forward standpoint is the JVR or Voracek contract. Yeah. If you can move on from that and now use that money... That frees
0: up some space.
1: Well, And use that money in a lot of ways, right? Use that money to... Continue to keep the guys that you know matter at the forward position, right? Like, whenever you have to sign, and it's coming, like you're gonna have to sign Joel Farabee. yeah Somewhere, somewhere down there, you're gonna have to look into other guys who are like, if it means if that if that is what keeps Wade Allison on the team. Yep. Then okay, it keeps Wade Allison on the team. If that opens up the money to sign. I don't know. I know a name that people would love to see on the team that's going to be a free agent that's out there, but I don't think he's going anywhere, personally. But if that opens up the money and you say that you're going to bring Philip Denno to the Flyers.
0: Oh, my God, I would love it. Philip Denno and Sean Couturier on the same team? Ugh, the defensive and, 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 and center and, and responsibilities and, and, would and be...
1: maybe, And maybe a healthy Kevin Hayes as your three?
0: Man... Uh,
1: Will anyone score against us on the power play? Well, I, I'm not going to go that far. The penalty kill was yeah. awful.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: Like, I'm not going to go that far. I'm just well, saying. I'm also that's... assuming
0: that they get Dougie Hamilton or those Seth Jones.
1: Are, <laughs> those are steps in the right direction, though. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't solve it all in one year. I think it's no. impossible to do. Not, it's impossible to do when you need a backup goalie, a top pairing defenseman, a, th- a third line center. You know, of course, you'd love to add a scoring winger on top of all of that because who wouldn't? But that's a luxury. That's like the fourth thing down the list because I'm not going there right now. I'm not spending – I'm not taking Jake Voracek's contract saying, gee, I think I just freed it up. Now I want to go and get a guy who eats up all that money who's going to potentially be a streaky goal scorer. If you've been listening to the show for a
0: while, you know how Kevin feels about adding a score.
1: Okay, and I get it because Broads and I have had this discussion before because Cole Caulfield has emerged, right? And look – He
0: sure has.
1: I I hate the pressure that Cam York's going to be under – to be as as good from to be adam fox basically because he needs to be outstanding for them to oh yeah if he is then you've got something but here's the thing about cole caulfield that makes a lot of sense and i've talked about this on the show before too you've got a fan base that's kind of apathetic right now even if you missed the playoffs this year if the if missing the playoffs this year was coupled with cole caulfield's college career is over so in March, at the end of March or in April, when his college career is over, and maybe the Flyers are done for the year in terms of playoff contention at that sure.
0: point. Sure, but it gives like, you something to get excited about. But
1: here he comes, and we're going to call him up really quickly. And we're going and not only are we going to call him up, but he's going to start scoring goals at a, at a pretty crazy clip. He's going to start
0: dumping pucks in the net. Which
1: means... That he's going to like people are going to be in love with this kid, which means that his jersey will sell. And it means that next year when it gets started, it means the building will be full. Right, It means you're not going to be able to wait to see what this kid does when it's when it when it's a full year.
0: Montreal is going to be full of Caulfield jerseys by the time the next season starts. Right.
1: And that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, it's not a big deal. To pass on a guy who becomes a scorer when you realize down the line, like, he's not the player you need now. But maybe he is because of the fact that for three years, he's making a million bucks.
0: Yep. And that would sure be nice right about now.
1: And for three years, he's making a million bucks to emerge as a potential. And that look, Joel Farabee can do that, too, to an extent but not with the same flash that this kid does. And I'm not saying that that takes anything away from Joel Faraby. He's going to be a nice player, and I think that there's going to be people who love him. There's people who already do love him.
0: Hi, right here hosting the podcast. Hello.
1: I do too. I like him as a player. (laughs) I liked, and and again, you know what? For me, when I look at players that I like, it says something to me when I sit there, and this goes for every team in the league. When there's a guy who I sit there and I go, you know what? You weren't even drafted yet. And I already like you. And it doesn't matter where you're going to go. I like you. And when I see the potential realized, like, I felt this way about Miko Rantanen. He goes okay. to Colorado. I sit there and I go, for three years, this guy played three, maybe maybe even longer than that. But for at least three years, this guy played on a team that because they had Nathan McKinnon, he was hardly talked about. Yep. But he's great. He's a great player. And now he's on that line. And now he's on one of the best lines in hockey. And he scores just he's dropping
0: 100-point seasons all over the place.
1: Kind of or close to. And you go, this is what I knew about him five years ago, six years ago when it was his draft year. He's going to be a great player. Absolutely. And I liked him then and I still like him now. I feel that way. And, And he's not quite the superstar that people thought he was necessarily going to be. I felt this way about Kasperi Kapanen. Okay. And I go, I really like this kid. I don't know what it is. I like him though. And then he does do some things and you go, pretty talented guy, you know, pretty good player. Right. Like I get these guys in draft years that I go if I really like and I, and Joel Farabee was one of them before like I knew what the target area was I knew where the Flyers were picking and I'm like this is the type of guy they've been waiting for
0: it was go Jay O'Brien him. also in that realm
1: no Jay O'Brien <laughs> okay. I didn't even have a clue who oh, that okay was.
0: just checking all now, right actually,
1: actually do you know who I would have wanted the Flyers to take with that second pick that year <sighs> who's out I wanted them to take Keandre Miller.
0: Oh, that, that would have been a good pick. I really like. And I, I he like. He has Houston started Chandler.
1: to make that yeah. jump. He's there. He yep. can be there. You know. All right. I can't speak to the other. I, look, I can't speak to the other guys who get drafted over three times over. Although I, I was, I, I hated when they passed on Brinkett twice. Yeah, everybody does. Well, not the first time. The first time was different. Like right. he was slipping. Then they traded up, and when and they traded up that year, and I thought for sure and certain in that second round they traded up, and I'm like, it's Brinket. It's
0: gotta be. It's gotta how be. do you get?
1: How do you get? How else do you look at it and go? This guy keeps falling, and right. he scored whatever number of goals he did.
0: All right, time for me to put my foot down. We're closing in on two hours. We have I one know. more story to talk about here. Uh, really, honestly, probably the best story we've had out of the Philadelphia Flyers all season long. Oscar Lindblom wins the 2021 uh, Mass- Bill Masterson Trophy. Uh, what is the definition? Perseverance and excellence. Perseverance,
1: excellent, like uh, dedication to the game.
0: Uh, um, but yeah. perseverance, courage,
1: that type of stuff. Like all those words fly around and best mean, exemplifies
0: so, the qualities of perseverance,
1: sportsmanship, and dedication I, to hockey. I thought it was really nice when because a lot in a lot of cases they've had previous winners or things like that do it. And Bobby Ryan, who won it a year ago, was the one who did the presentation. Who okay. literally flat out in the call or on the announcement says to, he Oscar to Lem, last year. I'm su- I'm surprised this wasn't a year ago like
0: And we talked about it at the time it's only cuz of when they did the voting I'm convinced
1: Well even what, w- whether it is or whether it isn't is beside the point also like I look at that and I go you know like that's a that's a classy thing to say for a guy who did overcome something that was pretty well known in its own right
0: Very public you know yeah. the Bobby Ryan situation was ugly for a minute
1: he o- but he overcomes it and
0: you know, Cherry Hill native.
1: Yeah. And, and, and but we look at that and we go, OK, he overcomes that thing. And we see what it we see, what it is. And there was like it, like it was funny because we talked about this a year ago when he didn't when he didn't win. And we right. go, how do you argue that one guy is more or less deserving for going through something that you have to persevere through it, right? like a hardship of any kind? You know what I mean? Like, you don't argue it. Like, everybody's, like, there's a, I know, I know. It I, feels like,
0: weird voting for this award because, like, right, right. like there's you're no just comparing unde- There isn't
1: an, right, there isn't an undeserving winner right. of this award, you know, which is, but that's, but that's why it's nice to hear a player who did win it, who you could, you can't argue why he won it, go, right. felt like we should have been doing this last year, you know, like, right. telling telling a guy who had then come back already We should have just been like, we should have, this should have been you last year. Yeah.
0: And I I think we all kind of felt that at the time. It's really classy and
1: it's really nice. And, and, you know, it's just, I think it's just, you know, look, this was, we said this a year ago, this was going to happen. So we're not surprised.
0: Yeah. This is one of those awards. We, we kind of had a feeling he might win it last year. But again, because of the timing, they voted. they voted after the diagnosis but before he came back so I I think that's kind of think... why Bobby Ryan took it last year but we all knew the second that they announced he didn't win it we all put it in pen for 2021
1: I think we also knew it too not only that but when he came back he was ready to go at the start of the season and then in his first two games scored two goals
0: and looked solid yeah Like
1: like like and it, it look does it I'm not like they weren't pretty goals by any stretch one was an empty net one went off his head but They don't ask uh, how
0: they ask how many
1: well, right, but also in a sense like it was it was so storybook that it's like all right when you came back the first time it's the playoffs they were probably going to ease you in a little bit you weren't gonna, like especially when that like double overtime rolls um, around and imagine if you
0: scored the winner uh, I, I know but they
1: but they probably were limiting the amount of time, time played for sure. because of, because of the fact that you're like he just came back from all of this we kind of don't you want can't it. expect
0: him to have a gas tank right. So when he
1: so when he does come back, and in the first game of the season, where you actually like not only that, but you also kind of get a chance to legitimately honor him now for coming back, yeah. and then he scores, like it's storybook.
0: It's, it's so good.
1: So so you kind of knew right then and there. It's like, well, he's now he's made it all the way back. Not only has he played, now he's scored. So he's made it all the way back.
0: Yeah, we'll wrap it up here. We're done. Yeah this this list is just where, and everybody right. else is just an also ran this year. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Who were the other finalists, by the way? Uh, I don't even remember who they were. That's how bad it is.
0: Do, do, do the other finalists. I'm not sure if they knock it down to three finalists or if every team just puts their...
1: No, I think there is three finalists because oh, okay. it was like that last year. I can Google Not Google it. Not Google it. I, I got Top three it.
0: vote-getters, Lindblom, Minnesota Wild defenseman Matt Dumba, and Sharks forward Patrick Marlowe. Okay, so Patrick Marleau was nominated because of the record, I would assume, and which is fair because you know what, when you play the most games in NHL history, that is perseverance and, and also dedication. dedication to hockey. Sure,
1: and I think, and I think Dumbus th- thing is kind of a combination of his community efforts and being a subject of yep. something, you know, something that let's let's face it, it's not the it's obviously not the easiest thing to talk about. That's why we still struggle with these situations to begin with. But yep. he stands as a representative of that type of stuff, and. Yep and does it well and shoulders a lot of it to be one of the leaders of that grouping. So Yeah,
0: Matt Dumba's been a very vocal activist, especially over the last year, year and a half or so, for sure.
1: So, I mean, like, look, I don't think either of them is going to sit there and argue Oscar Limbaugh winning the award either when you think about what he goes. Like, I think collectively, everybody, like, it's different adversities that you work through.
0: Like we talked about earlier, when you're comparing things like this... There are no losers. There's the guy who won, and then a whole bunch of people who also did awesome stuff.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: And like that's the the most important thing. Uh, real quick, just kind of hitting on the rest of the awards. Uh, let's get like a one sentence breakdown here. Connor McDavid wins the heart. Nothing, nothing to see here, right?
1: And uh, he won the heart and the Ted Lindsay, which is basically it, the same thing. It's yep. one's, that, one's the MVP to the players, and one's the MVP to everybody else, and
0: one's most outstanding. Yeah. Uh, right, James.
1: Right, but the Ted, the Ted Lindsay's voted on by the players, right. which is why it kind of stands out because that's the player saying this is the best player in our
0: game this year. And Connor like, McDavid should win with... this for the next decade because <laughs> he's I just mean... going to be the most outstanding player in the NHL for the next well, decade.
1: I, well, because I, I, I don't know. You'll have to tell me if I'm wrong here, but I don't. You know, is 100 points in 50 games roughly impressive? Honestly,
0: legitimately, I am surprised that he got 99 of the 100 heart votes. <laughs> Or no, we got all one hundred. Oh, he he got
1: all one hundred. He got unanimous.
0: I am surprised that Austin Matthews didn't get more because I think scoring fifty goals in a fifty-six game season is competitive in terms of achievement.
1: When you know what's interesting too, the, the three finalists for the heart specifically were McDavid, Matthews, and Mc, McKinnon, and I think it's perfect because not, nothing against the players who we elevate to this status already like Ovechkin and Crosby and guys like that, because they're still on that level. Those might
0: be the three best players in the league right now.
1: I was going to say, when the other two or beyond, kind of, because I'm sure there's others who we could throw into the mix as well, when those guys are gone and done playing, this is the group right here. That we're this is the new generation. Open. This is the top three that you're going to hear about most often, I would say.
0: It's weird because Nathan McKinnon is going to be the elder statesman of the group. And it's it's strange because we Crazy. feel like he's been around forever, right? We talked about players yeah. who feel like they've been around forever. Nathan McKinnon's, what, 25? 26? I don't – He no, he's, he's older than that, isn't he? He's not much older than that. I'm pretty sure he Didn't came he over pretty wide right away. Nathan oh, McKinnon no, he is – Nathan McKinnon is certainly not old by any stretch
1: he's 25 I was trying to figure out when he was because he was drafted in what 13 right
0: something like that
1: yeah so when did he start and he started playing in 13 14 so he started playing at 18 he's played for eight years it doesn't feel like eight years but it has been
0: he's been around forever yeah
1: by the way we talk a lot about McDavid and Matthews numbers and their potentials I think I did that on one of the shows about their potential Nathan McKinnon's played in 573 games and has 560 points. So he is like right on the point per game marker.
0: He's certainly, he's going to be the guy. He's kind of going to be your, um, your Evgeny Malkin, where he's elite next level player, but just kind of a little overshadowed.
1: In, well, here's the, th- you know why? Because in fairness, as a rookie, he had 63 points in 82 games. Then he had a pretty, he actually had a pretty rough year in, Fourteen, fifteen, 15 is a 19 That year was the one. year
0: they were, like, catastrophically bad. Was it not?
1: It was one of them. It wasn't the, – the year after wasn't good either because the year after – one of the years after was when they would have gotten – because wasn't it, it was 17 they got McCar.
0: Oh uh, maybe. Maybe. One of those years, I know they were, like, catastrophically, no, it's historically be, it's gotta, terrible. It, yeah,
1: no, it's got to be this one. So hold on, man. Okay. He, he played in 64 games, didn't have the best year. He had 38 points. Then he plays 72, had 52 points. So still, nothing's earth-shattering yet. He's kind of giving you Sean Couturier numbers, if you will.
0: This is like much more before. than one sentence about each award. I know.
1: <laughs> the, the catastrophic year, by the way, he played all two and had 53 points, and he was a minus 14. That's how I know it was the okay. catastrophic year. Because he, he hasn't come anywhere close to minus 14 since. Then all of a sudden, it's like the gears changed, and like everything just shifted, because then it was ninety-seven points in seventy-four games, ninety-nine and 82, 93 and sixty-nine, and f- sixty-five and forty-eight.
0: Mac hit the gas pedal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. At twenty-two, everything changed.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of at twenty-two, uh, Adam Fox. I think he's that approximately was, twenty-two.
1: I thought McCarr was going to get it, but I'm not surprised. It was a, this is a deserving pick.
0: I think. He had I a think. Great
1: year. He had an outstanding year.
0: I think Adam Fox was the best defenseman. I'm surprised that he won the award for best defenseman because I know how I NHL award voting tends to work.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised he won, but I wasn't. I'm not shocked, like like crazy shocked, because you know, I'm not. crazy He was fantastic. Shocked by it. He was great. He yeah, great he experience. was
0: fantastic. He was probably the best player on that Rangers team um because up there too but it's yes, one of the two of them for sure they they were the they were the driving force behind that rangers team yes um let's see what else here um, uh mark andre flurry won the vesna we talked um, about him uh,
1: it, uh, um well according to nikita kucherov that's not the right choice but
0: <laughs> sure whatever I, i'm just, I'm just referencing kucherov's, the press conference. i know nikita kucherov's post game
1: all right listen i think you have Andre to take Vaz- that with a grain of salt i think andre vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world i do understand why mark andre Fleury won the award for the first time ever by the way
0: yeah yeah which is insane i know that uh, vegas it's, might it's, also trade the reigning vesna winner like the reigning might winner trade. might not get protected in the expansion dra- like there's a lot of strange stuff going on yeah, in the I vegas goaltending situation uh, we talked about McDavid also winning the Ted Lindsay. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov won the Calder, and I don't think anybody's Shocking. surprised by that.
1: No, it's not at all. That was uh, Rod awesome. Bod
0: won Jack Adams.
1: That was deserving. We I love appreciate. to say it. Very deserving.
0: We love to say it. We talked about uh, his motivational tactics. What uh, Alexander Barkov wins the
1: Selkie. Uh, okay, here's my one sentence on this one. We can't. One of the things we've said a lot. Oh, Broads and I did this a ton too when we were talking about Florida all the time. Then we say, how often can you say that guy is underrated before it's not true anymore? Before he's not underrated it's, anymore, right? It's, it's, and we kind of saw that
0: with Sean of, last one, year.
1: One of my buddies tweeted out after that, rest in peace, the underrated uh, Alexander Barkov. You know,
0: is thoughts. the Selkie Trophy Award just the he used to be underrated award? No, because... did Mark Stone and, win it a couple years ago? No, I don't think Mark Stone's ever know, won he was it. a
1: finalist. He's been a finalist multiple times. Right. He should and actually, If uh, You know, I think eventually he's got one coming to him.
0: At a certain point, he'll pick up a lifetime achievement. It's also,
1: okay, it's also really you. hard because whether you're Mark Stone or Alexander Barkov or Sean Couturier over the years or whatever, it's kind of hard not to win the award. But I'm saying, like, it's hard when you when realistically there's only two finalists and Patrice Bergeron every year. <laughs>
0: right. You know what I mean? It's not fair like, when one of your it's, podium it's, spots is and always And that's not to take away in, like in Patrice marker. Bergeron is
1: probably the best two way forward we've ever seen. But at the same time, like I'm what I'm laughing about is it's like it's. Two finalists, who you have to try to figure out who it's going to be, and Patrice Bergeron,
0: and because he gets in whether he really deserves the the to podium com- spot or not.
1: To be completely honest, I thought he was going to win it again. I thought he was going to become five time winner.
0: At a certain point, people are going to figure out that we don't really remember Frank J. Selke very much, and they're just going to rename it the Bergeron Trophy. <laughs> So either way, that's that's kind of it for the uh, mostly the on ice. That's the on ice like achievement awards, right? We also have the Lady Bing, which went to Jacob Slavin. Uh, Lou Lamorello oh, won GM kind of the of an Year. On ice award. Uh, yeah, I mean he only had uh, he only had he one minor.
1: A, he didn't have a, I think he didn't have a stick infraction.
0: Yeah, he had one minor, and it was a puck over glass penalty.
1: That's insane as a defenseman.
0: Insane. Jacob Slavin is. Absolutely ridiculous. Don't
1: they say, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that a an award that doesn't typically go to defensemen? Correct. So that's what makes it a big deal as well, because he's like the first. He's one of the first to have won it in like several years. Yeah, you
0: say that, but second on the list in voting was Jared Spurgeon. So
1: no, I know. I'm saying yeah, that's just weird. I, I'm saying there were people who said he should win it because okay, the, the only
0: that- other defenseman to win the award. Okay, yeah. It's it says it in the article. Bill Quackenbush, 1949. Really?
1: Okay, there you go.
0: Red Kelly, 51, 53, 54.
1: He won three times. Red Kelly's a
0: legend, by the way. So, yeah, I'm not surprised there. And then a Chicago Blackhawk from the early 2010s team. Brent Seabrook. No. It's not?
1: Okay. Oh, hold on a So then it's, it's Duncan Keith, right?
0: No. Who was their other defenseman? Small guy, offensively minded.
1: They had a small, offensively minded defenseman who would have won this thing?
0: Does the name Brian Campbell ring a bell?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't See, I almost don't associate Brian Campbell with Chicago near as much. I remember him more as but a Buffalo But I believe he won
0: it with Chicago. Oh, I
1: believe that's true. I'm just saying right. that. But I, 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 for, I, I think of him more as a Buffalo Sabre over
0: that's the years. All right. It is time for us to get out of here. We are well over two hours. Uh, Kevin Look, claimed that we didn't stuff. have much to talk about.
1: No. We, no <laughs> we, we spent an hour on the Tampa Bay Lightning, too. I know. And the Montreal Canadiens. So All right.
0: Well, I, we will we will be back in two weeks. And like Kevin alluded to earlier in the show, we might be back the week after that. We might not take our normal two-week break at that point. Uh, but either way, that's going to do it for today. And uh, like I said, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Darso. You can find the show everywhere. There's nothing on the whiteboard, so I don't know where. But uh, <laughs> you can find it everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, SportstalkPhilly.com. It's
1: right here. Follow it here.
0: There you Follow go. It's, it's at the bottom of the screen. It's been going through the whole the whole show. You've seen it. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YWT Podcast over there. And uh, I was
1: gonna say that's why I don't write anything on the whiteboard anymore. I don't have to.
0: That's fair. <laughs> Well, until next time, uh, b- between now and our next show, the Philadelphia Flyers will lose a player, and uh, we will figure out and, who that is. And who
1: knows what else. There could and be a who lot. who knows what else. Be, the next three weeks are going to be very interesting, I think.
0: Yep, and we'll be back to talk about it in two weeks. We'll see you.